0: Or they to uh, <laughs> <I'm sorry>. uh, <laughs>
1: What's up, everybody, and welcome to Anime Baby, coming at you from out of quarantine. This is your lockdown host, Mikey. Joined with me, as always, is...
2: Out of space, yet always inside, your co-host.
1: And boy, has a lot happened since we last recorded a podcast together. Yeah. (laughs) uh, The last episode we did together was uh, the Fruits Basket reboot, and uh, that was recorded near the end of February. We mentioned at the end uh, a bunch of plans we had for the next month, you know. Anime detour. We're going to be doing a Keijo episode next. We want redemption. But uh, the world was like, nah, nah. (laughs) And a global pandemic hit us like a ton of bricks. Wow. No one could have expected that. Like, this is one of those life comes at you fast moments.
2: This is one of those moments where it's like you look back at all the jokes that were made about coronavirus back in February like it's like the unfunniest thing i've never i've never seen jokes like that go out of style that quickly
1: (laughs) they aged like milk in the sahara desert oh
2: jesus christ
1: (laughs) you can hear this all at home you can tell that uh yeah sound quality is a little different that's because uh we're doing this remotely we're each in our respective homes and uh i'm currently uh have a recording setup where I have like a bunch of blankets all around me using a top half of a shelf, kind of covering up the mic to kind of, uh, you know, dampen out the outside world, as well as like, uh, got a pillow on top of these blankets, a ReZero pillow. So, (laughs) yeah, just, I have a pretty rinky-dink setup here, like, much different than the usual, put the microphone on the table, you and I sitting at the same table talking at each other, you know?
2: But thankfully, we discovered the magic of Discord recently, so, we're going to be using that, I imagine, much more in the future.
1: Using a Discord server, we have a free bot called uh, Craig, who is recording this for us. Thank you very much there, Craig. Thank you, Craig. So yeah, like uh, this is probably going to be the kind of new normal when it comes to the podcast, at least going forward, until, until we're allowed to actually meet face-to-face and not have to worry about uh, catching uh, COVID-19.
2: Well, if anything, this was finally the motivation for me to finally get my own uh, professional-grade mic, so uh, I'm very grateful for that. I can finally join the Yeti Club.
1: Oh, yeah, you're part of the Yeti Club.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I, I still gotta get used to it and stuff. I should probably um, record a few things of my own, and also still need to get uh, brand-new headphones as well, so I
1: still have a bit of a road ahead of me. Yeah, but uh, you're getting there, you know. It took me a while to kind of get used to this bad boy right here. Yes. But uh, I feel like uh, since it's been, it's been so long since we've recorded some new material, I feel we should uh, take this opportunity to give you all a bit of an update on how we're doing during the quarantine.
2: Honestly, things have actually not changed all that much on my end, which makes me very different from all of my other friends, because uh, my uh, day job uh, can actually be done from home, uh, just on a laptop Uh, so we transitioned very well to uh, work at home status so there's been no change in my income like whatsoever so all things all things considered i was shockingly lucky that i was able to adapt as easily as i am right now which makes me such an outlier because so many of my other friends have just got been completely screwed by this pandemic
1: Yeah, like, especially for me, because uh, I remember this exactly. I remember the exact date everything hit the fan. It was like that Saturday, March 14th, was the exact day where I was officially uh, sent home from work. I work, uh, I won't go more into this, but basically I work at a sports facility. And, you know, we definitely can't have sports right now. So I got uh, furloughed from my job, and now I've been sitting home for a little over two months now. But uh luckily, I've been able to stay pretty stable financially. I got that uh, I did get uh, a stimulus check and I've been on unemployment for a while. So financially, I've been I've been doing pr- fairly well, you know, I've been able to hang in there while just waiting for any any updates from my job to say, hey, when uh, when are we gonna be able to come back? And if we do come back, will things be safe? And uh, I have had some emails this past few days about some rumblings that, hey, maybe that might happen soon, maybe not. Who knows? They're still in the planning stages. So yeah, as for me, I've just been sitting at home for a little over two months just, you know, trying to keep myself entertained.
2: I know, because, God, I had so many plans, like, because there were just so many plans we had before all this went to hell, like detour and stuff. I was gonna do, I was uh, actually going to uh, take some improv courses in April, but now those have been pushed back, and it's like, all the old situations, all the Ever all the situations where like I just love to go out and like socialize with people and hang with friends—it's like been such a major changeup. And there are even some friends that I unfortunately have not been able to uh, contact as of late, either because like you know I just haven't had like the personal fortitude to do or something, or like I've just been busy with other things and stuff. So it's been it's it, it's been very it has been kind of rough for my mental
1: health. Yeah, and also, like, you bring up D Tour, like, uh, that was one of our big things because like, we, like, us, between the two of us, we had, like, three panels, I know you had, like, a solo panel going this year, and, like, it looked like everything was going to be smooth sailing, everything was going great, but, like, that week, that one week where just everything went to hell mid-March, where it was just, like, that Wednesday, I remember I was just watching the AEW Dynamite, then all of a sudden I got word that, all oh, NBA is canceling their season because one of their players tested positive for COVID-19. And then the next day it was like, okay, MLS soccer season, they're shutting down. Major League Baseball shutting down. My job shutting down. The entire state, shutting down. Everyone is just going under total lockdown. And it was just like We've we've death gone up. into
2: full on death stranding mode.
1: Death stranding, bit of last of us here. And it was just like the week before that, everything was fine. Like I was just managing to get the uh, fruits basket episode done and then I was just like, oh, okay. Now to settle down, get ready for detour, get ready to record our Acacia podcast, and then all of a sudden now nah, you're going home everything everything
2: has just been canceled just everything
1: everything like you can just look at the news all over the place saying like disney parks are closing like there's no sports leagues there's just like there's all of america is not open it's it's eerie like i've never seen anything like this in my lifetime no
2: absolutely not even when i even when i go out for like walks in like normally busy areas in the city and stuff you know it gets it gets eerie some days for sure
1: hmm like, even when I have to, like, make those trips to the grocery store, I, uh, I shop locally, I don't go to any big grocery stores to avoid the crowds, and even then, like, grocery store near my place, it's usually pretty quiet, but there's just something about it that seems even quieter, and just even eerier.
2: Well, I mean, lately, though, it's been getting louder, though.
1: It has, because, uh, at the time of this recording, uh, state of Minnesota's stay-at-home order has officially passed, no extension, so, like pretty much you are technically allowed to go out but uh I'm
2: not going out it's 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 more like a de- it, but there there's still certainly a de facto uh like stay at home order that is kind of an effect where like everyone's just like oh no we're not falling <laughs> for this
1: yeah it's it's a personal stay at home order where it's like haha you're not going to catch us with our pants down covid-19 you're not we're we're smarter than this well mostly smarter than this
2: or well you say that but like uh like there like there's there's honestly still a lot of people like outside most days that are really fucking pushing this like the social distancing aspect of all this too because you go to parks in Minneapolis and stuff. they're still packed with people, but they are kind of technically practicing social distancing and because you don't know people, you don't know who is like living around each other like regularly and stuff. so you see like a big you'll see like a big fucking group of like bikers. Here in the city, here in the Twin Cities, all together, but are all like, uh, I don't know these people. I don't know if they all live with each other and stuff. I don't. So, like, is this technically social distancing because they're all like people they normally live with? Like, they're biking, but they're like rushing past people. And like, I like for as much as Minnesota likes to put itself out as being as much as it's been being portrayed recently as handling this better, we are in actuality really. Pushing it, yeah. Like we are, we are really pushing, like pushing the line here about like safety and stuff.
1: Mm -hmm. Like a a lot of people are still getting a little too complacent, thinking like, "Ah, we're the best. Time to relax." It's like, no, keep going. Like if you like, we are the best. We got to stay the best.
2: Like, like some people, like there's still many people out there that are not understanding the gravitas of this, and it's really showing if you just walk out the door.
1: On the plus side, I can take solace knowing that we're not as bad as, like, some other states. Cough, cough, Florida. Are you so happy
2: you're not in Florida right now?
1: Oh, God. Like, I have family down in Florida, and uh, they are assuring me that they are staying safe and not going out. But I'm just like... Good, good. Oh, God. Like, I'm just... I'm so... I've never been more happier never to be in Florida. And most of the time, I'm definitely happy to not be in Florida, because it's pretty nuts down there. But even more so now i am generally happy not to be down in florida
2: really just slap happy to just go out and get sick
1: mm-hmm. you know you, you remember seeing the viral clip of that uh, douchebag teen saying hey if i get covid i get covid
2: yeah if, like if i die like you know then i'll just yeah i'll just be dead and then i won't be here on this earth anymore
1: and i'm pretty sure he got infected so hey karma's a bitch man
2: yeah, exactly. It's so hard to feel sympathy for any of these people because, like, given that like the attitude of going out being like that during this kind of crisis is coupled so much with unbearing smugness, like it's it's arrogance and smugness that all these people have when they're going out there. They're never, they're never kind people. They're oh. <laughs> None no. of them are. Every time you look and see these people. At- none of them are kind... they don't have an ounce of like empathy inside their bodies
1: no the fucking karens out there are just like i hey, got no i got no sympathy for them
2: like, pure, concentrated united states citizen smugness and arrogance that's the fucking <laughs> worst distilled nature of this country god it's it's so depressing to watch
1: it is but it's just I do take sauce knowing that like hey it comes to bite them in the ass in the very end and yet
2: it doesn't stop them
1: that's so
2: goddamn concerning. So oh, yeah God. that's been that's been kind of our situation lately.
1: Yeah but uh luckily there have been things where we've been trying to keep ourselves entertained. I know for me personally I've been uh, rewatching a lot of uh old shows such as the original Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters on Hulu. I've also been uh checking out some new stuff that I haven't seen before, some new anime, like uh, Cells at Work, topical. And I've also checked out some other stuff, like uh recently began also getting into a series called Princess Tutu, recommended to me by my uh, special friend, Rachel. So, you know. oh, Princess Tutu. That's a good one, I hear. It's a damn good one. I, I love it. I love it so much.
2: They finished, um, let's see, Midnight Gospel, Shira. I'm also now re-watch- finally re-watching Avatar The Last Airbender, which I am so happy to do. I'm so happy because <laughs> it's now on Netflix as of this time. Uh it's been a it's it's been a genuinely heartfelt ride to go through that series again after so long. I missed it. I never realized how much I missed it.
1: And one day I'll get to it. You have no excuse now. i I'm I'm locked down, man. I'm practically strapped to my couch right now. I might as well throw off thread on the you TV. Go,
2: you will put down the switch. And you will watch it, young man.
1: <laughs> I'll be like uh, Homer in uh, in Hell during one of the Trials of Horrors. Is like, so you like Avatar, do you? I guess. Then have all the Avatar in the world.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and by the end, you will say more. Mm,
1: more. <laughs> and then that's more. when you watch Korra. <laughs> and that's when I watch Korra. <laughs> Mora. Mora. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, other than watching some stuff, I've also been uh, playing a lot of video games, such as uh, Persona 5 Royal, which is fantastic, and also the also fantastic FF7 remake. Mmm, delicious. Just <laughs> both of those, both of those games, just mwah, beautiful, just, ah, God, it's just, I, I'm definitely going to replay those, definitely during the summer.
2: I I played so much Persona
1: 5 Royal, it's not even funny. You played more than me, and that's surprising since I have more free time.
2: I was, no joke, I was playing up to six to like seven hours a day when it, was, when it came out. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking much. <laughs> I I plowed through it near, in like a little over a week. Like it was like that. I've never played that hard at a video game ever before in my life (laughs) it's the kind of game where you get so hard into it that your metabolism actually slows down (laughs) (laughs) or like gets fast no wait gets faster I believe because like I found out by the end of it I was all like wow I lost a bit of weight while playing this game (laughs) oh my god and I ate pretty regularly during it too (laughs) (laughs) so yeah I had a real blast with that uh, also finished playing Mafia 3 again for the second time. I'm going to be playing through the DLC this weekend. And next week, I'm going to be blasting Xenoblade Chronicles, the Definitive Edition. Finally, oh, yeah. a game that I have only watched, and it's entirely through a Let's Play. I will finally actually play myself.
1: It's just like, uh, you're like Bart waiting for like, uh, I think it was like the Radioactive Man comic. It's just like, oh, last night I dreamt I held you in my hands.
2: <laughs> exactly oh man I can't wait to see all my favorites again and Riki <laughs> <laughs> no no I like Riki he's good yeah. he gets a lot of shit but he's he's not, he's right. not the Ewok that people think he is
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh no speaking of Switch games I've definitely been uh, recently getting into uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons I'm finally on the Animal Crossing hype train and oh yeah people have been... been playing the shit out of
2: that recently
1: And I've been playing the shit out of it as well. Like, uh, I'm only a week into it, but uh, so far I already have, uh, I think it's like, five extra villagers. So, five villagers and myself. I have the uh, Nook's Cranny store. I have Blather's Museum. And uh, just today, I finally welcomed Isabel to my island. Hey, Isabel. Got the best doggo girl. Mm, The best. Um, That that, that
2: game is keeping everyone sane right now.
1: (laughs) It's just it came out at the perfect time. Like it came out a week or I think, yeah, definitely came out like a week or so after like the, the total lockdown started to like really ramp up.
2: It overshadowed Persona 5 even among my like Twitter group. And that was ridiculous to me because like every, almost everyone I know loves Persona 5.
1: Mm -hmm. So that was mind boggling to me. It's unbelievable. And it's just a lot of fun. I visited like a friend's Island today and it's, it's pretty hilarious. I may text you some pictures from uh their from their island cuz it's uh it's the island of a friend uh Taha.
2: Ah, uh, yes, please do that. He's been really getting mm. into that.
1: <laughs> yeah, he he has a great island. I took a lot of pictures and I'm just like I I approve of everything you've done here, man.
2: Oh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe, who knows? Maybe one day I'll get into that. I don't know. Animal Crossing has always been like slow for me to get back into because like you got to understand i didn't even play new leaf when it came out and everybody was talking about new leaf when it came out and in all honesty i kind of do want to still play it again someday because i still have my 3ds okay i might actually re i might actually play new leaf before i do new
1: horizons you know put a put a good couple of years into new leaf and then uh, a few years down the line you will definitely be ready for new horizons like all right where's my private island Horizons will probably still be in the
2: public consciousness even by then.
1: Oh, yeah, because I heard that uh, they have, like, at the very least, three years worth of, like, content to, like, add over the years. Whew,
2: boy. They... <laughs> that game is shouldering the weight of everyone through this quarantine, man. Oh, definitely. It is like, it is like the getaway we've all needed the perfect island getaway. Yes. Still, though, uh, we are still going to be around, though, to uh, assuage your um, pandemic woes.
1: Yeah, so yeah, a lot of plans have changed, and, uh, you know, last time we talked about we're going to go for redemption, we're going to do Keijo again, but, uh, you know, the episode we've been promised, I have to unfortunately postpone that, because we planned to record that one in March, and that one just, time just, uh, time just, like, wouldn't allow us to do that, but, uh, so I postponed that to the future, and as, as well as the episode that I had planned for April, like, we'll get to them sometime down the line. The reason for us uh, doing this is because I didn't want to postpone our summer series, as we've been hyping it up for months now, and I'm not, and I'll be damned if I let uh, COVID nineteen interfere with that. So uh, yes,
2: thankfully we cannot, thankfully we can still go forward with that, which I'm very happy for.
1: Yeah, so postpone those two, the Keijo and the other series. I won't spoil it now, but uh, I want to definitely do the summer series. But uh, I want to get back into the swing of things. You know, try to try to see how uh, recording remotely really works for us. So that's why we decided to do uh, this podcast, which will be our Toonami Year in Review, which was one of our original panels intended for a detour this year.
2: Yes, yes. Um, I should say, um, even though we uh, were still, even though we were going to originally do that, it was one of our favorites that we like to do a detour, you know, and um, we're still,
1: I think we're still wanting to get some kind of, like, panel out of ourselves. So
2: Mm -hmm. we'll have uh, this to do.
1: Yeah, because, like, we've been doing the Toonami Year Interview Review every year at Detour since 2016. Like, this year was going to be our fifth straight year, and that actually astounded me when I first realized that. Like, we've been doing this for five years total.
2: Yes, but uh, actually, fortunately, I was at least able to do one panel, which was for uh, Anime Lockdown. An yes, awesome love- online anime convention that, that uh, occurred some time ago in April. I was very happy to do that. That was run by my uh, friend JP. Uh, he did a fantastic job. Running that convention, please look up Anime Lockdown. Uh, they're still uh, they're still looking to possibly do something like that again in the future. I was very happy to be a part of something that uh, really genuinely kind of got ahead of the curb in terms of online conventions. I was so happy to be online. I was so happy to be a part of that, and I did technically my very first solo panel, and it was just me for an hour gushing about all things currently at w- in one piece at the time. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah. It it was really great. Like, yeah, you're part of uh, the, uh,
2: well, JP recorded the panel and I'm still waiting for it to be posted online. So once, uh, take a look around at my, uh, keep abreast of my Twitter account recently, especially from anime, baby, keep you updated for when that comes out.
1: All right. And I'll be sure to, uh, retweet that on my personal and on the uh, anime, baby Twitter.
2: I had so much fun talking One Piece. <laughs> it was great.
1: I can tell you were having a blast, and now is of course, in the chat, hot dogging, like really trying to get some of the chat people involved, going like, "Yeah, One Piece, man!"
2: Thank you so much for that.
1: <laughs> yeah, anytime. Any, I can take. A, I can take. I can always take any opportunity to hot dog. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, but uh, no, we still got one more panel to do, though
1: for those who don't know about our Toonami panels, is basically each year we run through all of Toonami's new shows and big events within the last calendar year or so. And uh, we just give our quick uh, thoughts on them, and it's just meant to be a look back in celebration of all the highs, lows, and creamy middles that uh, the greatest action cartoon block on television has brought us.
2: It's more like short-form general thoughts. We had on each one, you know, not not so much as a uh, straight-up review, you know.
1: And based on the lineup of new stuff from april 2019 all the way to today it's been a pretty stacked year for the most part especially considering toonami has given us a grand total of 15 new additions to the block there were
2: there was a lot like i looked at the list of new stuff we got for 2019 alone it's been one of the busiest years for toonami
1: it might be the most we've ever covered for a toonami panel and that's even including the uh, the very first tsunami panel we did back in 2016. When I, for that panel, we I actually went back and covered stuff from uh, 2014 going in through 2015 and early 2016. And even then, despite covering about maybe two and a half years worth of stuff, we still have more stuff in this than we did then. In fact, it's probably for the best
2: that we're doing this on a, in podcast form because that way we can talk a little bit longer about these things. Because there's <laughs> there's very little chances we would have been able to fit this much satisfactorily inside an hour-long uh, panel.
1: Right, and, like, uh, we don't have to worry about uh, what happened when we did our OKKO OK panel, and when we went 20 minutes over our time and one of the attendants at Detour saying, like, hey, wrap it up, I want to go to sleep.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, so no, no troubles there this time. And also, while going through this stuff, I can also talk about some of the ideas I had... Uh, I had planned that I was going to tell you about when we were going to be in the final prep for this panel of like stuff I wanted to do during the panel, but couldn't because everything got cancelled. So we'll get to that when we uh, get to those certain shows. With all that out of the way, welcome to the 2019-2020 tsunami Year in Review. So without further ado, let's start the show.
0: Uncertainty can make us cope in unique ways, like staring into the vast abyss of the endless galaxy, like you're doing right now. Huh? Oh. Sorry, Sarah. Just can't avoid feeling bummed sometimes. Well, don't. Notice your thoughts, describe your emotions, and let them go. Hey, I do feel a little relieved. Now what? Pick up a new skill, reach out to a friend, and stick to a routine. Hint, hint. Thanks, Sarah. Let's get this show started. Maybe I should
2: start baking homemade bread. We don't even have mouths, Tom.
1: So first up is The Promise Neverland.
0: Good morning to you, my darling children. Let us appreciate that all 38 of you are able to live happy lives under this roof. You know, it's weird. None of us have ever gotten any letters. Letters? Yeah, nothing from any of our siblings who've been adopted over the years. Um, Mom? What song is that? Never go near the gator fence. Yeah, Mom always tells us that. Because going near there can be very dangerous. Is someone there? This <laughs> is all a mistake! These three are to be prepared for plucking. The future isn't promised. The promise Neverland premieres next Saturday at midnight. Someday, we'll have to leave here, won't we? Only Toonami
2: on Adult Swim.
1: We've talked about this show so many times on this podcast. It's like, yeah, my words
2: might be short on this one because we've already said so much.
1: Because, like, what more do we need to say about Promise Neverland? Like, we did an entire episode all about the first season. Like, I hyped up, uh, I hyped up the show again when we did our uh, 2019 year in review regular episode back in January. And it's just like, what more do I need to say? It's like, it's Promise Neverland. It's awesome, and just like what they're doing currently in the manga is making me even more hyped to see the anime-only viewers finally see what's been going on over the like past hundreds of chapters, and I'm just like, oh god, I can't wait to see everyone's reaction to all this.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a series that has a lot of good mystery to it, a lot of good writing, uh, good animation, very good characters. Uh, really makes you root for the characters to really get out of their situation and strive to overcome. Yeah, it's a fantastic series. Although, one note I will add about it and it's actually a concern for the future. And it's and the honestly, the pandemic currently might be affecting it a little bit. But I I do express worry that Promised Neverland, the anime, could end up going down the road of uh, Attack on Titan, where it goes for so long, where like the manga progresses so far forward in its plot to the point where. Uh, anime watchers are just going to be like burnt out or like unsatisfied with the anime because so much has already been revealed in the plot in the manga already to where like they kind of to where like the anime just plateaus and just nobody is interested in it as much as before.
1: I don't think that'll happen because like right now in the manga... you say that! You say that! But... (laughs) i know what you're going with because it did happen with attack on titan and it really hit attack on titan hard the kind of the plateauing of that series because people were saying the same
2: thing about attack on titan that the
1: plot would carry it
2: you know that the plot was still good it was still good you know people would stick with the anime but that plateaued as well that reached a point where it never went higher So I'm I I express worry for Promise Neverland that it might go down that same route because it's encountering a similar situation where it's becoming apparent we're not going to be getting a second season of the anime for quite a while now.
1: Hold on, it is still slated for uh, January 2021. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. It was sp- but, it was supposed to come out this October, but you know, pandemic pushed everything back.
2: Right, right. But the ant, but the manga though is getting very close to
1: ending. It's at the climax. Like it could pretty much end any day now. Right,
2: right. Now I would want to believe that Promised Neverland has handled the story way fucking better than Attack on Titan has. Oh, in spades. <laughs> so I'm still, uh, so I'm still banking on that.
1: Yeah, but I'm just, I'm just expressing worries. Yeah, but no, I, I, I am confident that. Uh, Promise Neverland will continue to keep that momentum especially because the stuff we get to after we leave Gracefield Farm is absolutely unbelievable. It's just like I said this before many mm-hmm. times when talking about Promise Neverland, I will say this again to all you anime only watchers out there. You ain't seen nothing yet. Like well, I, I hope to finally see something. But yeah, so yeah, January 2021. You will see the continuation of Emma and Ray escaping with their family into the outside world. Into the unknown, as it were.
2: Yes, yes. I, I'm I'm, hoping and praying for
1: it. And also one thing I should mention, like, uh, what I uh, had planned to do when we did this panel. When we were supposed to do this panel at Detour, tour uh, we were going to do this on a Saturday. And on that Saturday, I was actually going to be cosplaying. And one of my cosplays for that Saturday was actually Emma from the Promised Neverland. Yeah, you were really
2: excited for that.
1: Yeah. And like, I had this whole thing planned out when we started off and we're talking about Promised Neverland. Me, full Emma cosplay. I was going to get up, walk in front of the screen, and just kind of go, huh, I wonder what I thought about this show. I wonder how I felt and kind of motion towards the screen. There's a big Promised Neverland picture. I kind of try to stand next to Emma on the picture going, what did I feel about the Promised Neverland? it's cool
2: <laughs> that's great because
1: you like never
2: you almost never plan bits like that during panels yeah and to be
1: honest i, I mean, actually who had the guy who, like
2: who like loves to do bits during panels
1: <laughs> and i actually have a, uh, a couple more had, bits yeah, planned
2: do that though oh, you had the one time you had a bit to do
1: <laughs> oh and uh, as we go on with this i actually had a couple more bits planned for this so and you'll you'll definitely you'll definitely be like ah, i wish this didn't get canceled <laughs>
2: yes it's our time to express all our panel regrets
1: Mm -hmm. but yeah promise neverland's great and a great way to start off uh this calendar year of toonami so onward to the next show which is (laughs) we already talked about it might as well talk about it more attack on titan season three part two
2: Speak of the devil.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, I will start, I will preface this by saying, you know, despite being so burnt out on Attack on Titan now, like, I'll even I'll be the first to admit it, it's still technically good, but it's, like, I kind of want this to be done now.
2: Yeah, like, I'm, I'm like, officially just done with Attack on Titan, <laughs> and I've even mm-hmm. kept the rest of, like, what's been happening currently in the manga. God, they're fucking milking the
1: ending oh i can imagine
2: i heard a long ago like oh it's approaching its end it's approaching its end fuck no it is it is milking its ending quite a bit right now
1: oh my god like i've heard i've heard some things about you are genuinely
2: on the cusp you you, mikey you are on the cusp of the (laughs) shithole you are like teetering on the edge of where it looks like everything just went completely downhill. <laughs> 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 the stuff that happens, uh, like, after this season, uh, it's 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 underwhelming. It's underwhelming, to say the least.
1: <laughs> like, I've heard some things, and, like, we talked about it briefly in our other uh, year in review. But it's like, yeah, I'm just, they already hooked me. I'm just, I'm going to stick it out. I'm going to finish this. Nothing's gonna stop me, you know, come hell or high water, I will see the sea attack on Titan come to a permanent end,
2: yeah, but just just now, going forward, like after the season, there's not really much mystery left.
1: no, we already found out what's in the basement, and that was like a three season mystery,
2: yeah, and uh, so now we actually have to focus on uh so now it's like the story is encountering the problem of like, okay, how do we finish this all, and now, uh. Eh, uh <laughs> I think the author probably didn't think things through very well. <laughs> oh boy, I'm officially just like done with attack on Titan. I think it had its time, but yeah, it suffered greatly, you know,
1: so yeah, attack on Titan season three still technically good, but it's just i'm kind of I'm kind of almost over you right now
2: you know it it deserves a much i think it really d de- i think it is really deserving of like a much deeper look as to. Just exactly why it ran out of steam. Like, all, like I feel like there's so much more we could talk about that we just don't have the time. I don't think we will ever have the time to really talk about in regards to how that series <laughs> like lost steam so... Like, how it feels like it lost steam so quickly.
1: So, onward to better things as we have our next series, which is Lupin Third, Part 5.
0: You've stolen enough money to live in luxury for the rest of your life, right?
1: No shortage of
0: ladies, either. I have always wondered... Why risk the danger of being a thief? Why keep at it after all this time? Get down! Eliminate intruders on site. Things are really getting kind of hairy. The perimeter has them surrounded. Move in right away. Lupin, you're caught in quite an interesting game. <sighs> hey Lupin, I can't hold out much longer. So are you ready to die upon the third? It's just like the assassin all-stars are out tonight. Hold on! <laughs> Back. Lupin the third, part five. Premieres next Saturday at one. Only two And what's your diagnosis, Doctor? Because it's exciting. Very good. On adult
2: swim. Hey, Lupin. Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Returned w- returning to France. And returning into our hearts. Lupin the third.
1: And we get to see, at least in the early arc, seeing how Lupin adapts to modern society with the likes of social media, smartphones and technology and drones and everything, and how a gentleman thief like him can adapt to something like that. And the fact, but, you know, it's Lupin. He can definitely adapt to something like that.
2: Yeah, yeah you can really tell, like, this was one of those ideas that was very prominent inside. That was probably very prominent inside the Bible for the series, um which mm-hmm. they're all like, Lupon, but modern technology. Oh yeah. Let's roll with it. I mean you could argue it puts a bit of a timestamp on it, because who knows how long some of the technology in the series will really still be uh, still fresh in our minds, you know. <laughs> but uh, no, it actually makes for like a pretty good uh, part to lupon though.
1: Yeah, and like not only just uh covering lupon in modern society, but also we get some special episodes where it's like we kind of take we get more different takes on Lupin like i know there's like one episode which kind of follows the more comedic takes of Lupin and we get a very cartoony episode where it's like Lupin wants to like break into this uh safe but uh these two brothers like come up with a security system to the safe where it's like okay the only way you can open the safe is if you're the stupidest person in the world and because Lupin's so smart he can't open the safe therefore he can be captured so the rest of the episode is just uh, Jigen and Fujiko just trying to make Lupin stupid so that he can open the safe, and it's just I, a very cartoony Looney Tunes episode. Th-
2: that probably feels like a bit of a riff on Pink Jacket Lupin because he is wearing. Oh,
1: yeah, the, was... First time in years, he's worn the
2: pink jacket again.
1: Yeah, it was definitely a pink jacket tribute episode.
2: It, I can't feel. I can't help but feel like that's a that episode was a bit of a riff on how like not many people liked Pink Jacket Lupin. <laughs>
1: Yeah, because it was just too... I thought silly. it was kind of, like,
2: stupid and, like, too cartoony and a little alienating. I don't know. I
1: liked it, though. I li- I liked that whole...
2: I would loved that episode. A, it's a good riff, you know?
1: It is. We also got, like, uh, during this time, we also got uh, a Lupin OVA, uh, Is Lupin Still Burning?, which takes us all the way back to the very first episode of the very first Lupin an- uh, anime.
2: Yes, where, like, there revived characters and, you know, the, the time-bending journey yeah it was um it was very topsy turvy uh, very fun yeah this this season in particular played a lot with the um sort of lore of lupon because remind me this was this was this was the part that was made during the anniversary of lupon correct
1: i believe so yes yeah i believe and an- i believe like they were celebrating
2: the anniversary of lupon so a lot of it did in fact feel like a big sort of retrospective on what lupon really is because one of the emotional cores of that season was asking what is lupon's relationship to fujiko mm. and is there possibly anything further to that because oddly the the, the season begins weirdly with like lupon and fujiko sort of being on like rocky terms almost yeah and i was and i was kind of wondering myself like where are they going with this and it actually turns out to be a pretty decent uh, little reflection on uh, Lupin's relationship to his gangmates uh, and to Fujiko and how they've kind of, you know, changed over the years, how they see each other. There's a bit of, there's a self-reflective attitude to it all, you know? Well, at the same time, it's still doing new things, such as adding the new character of Ami, who mm-hmm. is, you know, you know, you know, playing into the theme of technology. Is this technological hacker whiz kid uh, played very well by Christina V, and uh, she fits quite well within the Lupin uh, within the Lupin uh, canon very well, I would say.
1: Yeah, like I would say, like between the last two parts, this and part four, like uh, the new characters have been great. Between like uh, Ami and also uh, Rebecca from part four, like they fit in really well with the Lupin series as of late.
2: Like... Yeah, even owing to the self-reflective status too, I even noticed that. Uh, you know, there was even they even like give tribute to Rebecca who was in Part Four, and even dropping in some uh, previous part characters that I didn't realize were in the series until I went back and rewatched Part Two and realized, oh my god, like they actually like throw in some like background characters or like uh, like so show like some quick shots of characters that were in like Part Two as well. It was all like, oh, that's actually really nice. I didn't notice that. So, and also yeah. like, speaking of
1: Part Two, it's like uh, perfect season to like. Uh... You know, reference because, like in the dub, like this cast is the part two cast all the way from when the part two aired on Adult Swim back in the early aughts.
2: Yes, yes, I've I've actually been for the first time watching many episodes part two, and oh boy, let me tell you that like the cast holds up that whole series really well, and also those original cart, those original episodes, or that original part in particular still holds up pretty well
1: <laughs> like i remember back in the day you know as a little mike jr you know i mentioned this uh all the way back in an early episode of the podcast where i talked about how like yeah eight years old in florida for summer vacation i was watching staying up late at night watching stuff like uh, big o and fooly Cooley, and i also remember watching some episodes of lupon part two and it's just like man it d- that turned me into the anime fan i am today i would say
2: I will say one thing that I do miss in Part Two that has not been represented in Part Four or Five. Part Two had the best version or the best content for Goemon in any of the parts. Oh yeah, <laughs> like they just gave Goemon a lot more, a lot more lines and a lot more to do in Part Two. And I'm sad to see they have not done that again in Part Four and fo- in Part Four or Part Five. He is such a fun character to have goofy stuff happen to, and you get plenty of that in Part Two.
1: Yeah, like, if I could give, like, a knock to, like, uh, Part 5 and also Part 4 when that aired on Tsunami, it's like, yeah, I wish there was a little bit more going on, because just seeing this, you know, very stoic, disciplined samurai just go getting into some hijinks is just a lot of fun.
2: Well, yeah, because, like, it's like I understand that they wanted to keep things more in, like, Lupin and Fujiko and Ami as well, you know, because, like, you know, Part 2, unlike, because, again, like, Part 2, unlike Part 4 or 5, it didn't have a new character to add into the mix to sort of shake things up a little bit, so that is one big factor in there. But no, part five in total, very solid part. Very solid part. Very satisfying for the anniversary that had gone on, that has been going on for Lupon for a while now. And I'm really looking forward to what they do for uh, the next part. Maybe um, Purple Jacket lupon. I don't know.
1: <laughs> well, uh, I will say, watching this is also a perfect way to honor the memory of monkey punch
2: oh yeah yeah during all this monkey punch left us so yeah i'm glad i'm glad he got this part that pays very good tribute to his beloved work
1: it just goes to show what a legacy he's left in just giving us these characters in these stories that'll just go on go to live on for generations to come to entertain people down the line stole our heart and left a calling card. <laughs> and so that brings us to our next show, which is Gundam the Origin. Universal Century
0: 068. Chaos reigns as the zombie regime exerts its control. With but the one-year war is still years away. What in the world is that thing? Mobile suits are merely in development. But so is the scorned future leader of a new movement. He has a keen mind. He's a special boy with many unique qualities. Tensions rise. Your father was assassinated by those zombie fiends. Allegiances are drawn. Join me! Stand with me! On the battlefield! And sides are chosen. No. For me. The enemy. And I'm gonna take them out. The story that started it all, reimagined, and gorgeously updated, Mobile Suit Gundam, The Origin, premieres July 6th at 3, suit up again, for the first time, only Toonami,
2: on Adult Swim. Gundam The Origin, hmm. Now, I will say, not as much for me to say about this one, but that is not an indictment in any way. Because I did, li- I did like this quite a bit.
1: Oh yeah, same here. Like this is usually the case with me when I watch uh, Gundam shows on Toonami. I live tweet Toonami every Saturday night. I'm Mikey Shioto on Twitter. And uh, when it when it came to uh, Gundam the Origin, uh, when that was on, I kind of didn't really tweet a whole lot because I was just sitting back and just watching the show. Like, there's not really much to say. Like, what else do I have to say? Look how good this is. It's just enjoying this epic space opera that's right in front of me and it's like the same with the other gundam series that aired on Tsunami, such as a uh, gundam unicorn and gundam iron-blooded orphans which uh though i will say iron-blooded orphans i got a bit more tweeting in because that's more more in line with like a modern day action anime rather than the uh a classic space opera that most gundam series are
2: well this ov in particular was charting the origins of a major character within the gundam canon so they really were putting their best foot forward with all this to try and compress all that story together and tell something that was both satisfying to watch unfold as a story but also is a real treat for your eyes.
1: Yeah, and also this is definitely one that's more all about the actual characters rather than like about uh, any of the, the Gundam fights because this is like this is like at the very start of like the Gundam timeline where like all the Gundams, all the robots, they're just like all in their like kind of almost prototype stages like they're not going to be the big you know they're not going to be like say barbatos or unicorn or anything like that we're just focusing more on like kind of like you know the political side of things when it comes to the gundam universe
2: yep the very exact origins of everything based on a very impressive manga as well from what i recall as well from what i've seen of it at the very least
1: yeah and also uh an ova like this is the updated version of like a, the original gun of the origin ova Right,
2: right. And um, one major thing I will say about this one that I love quite a bit is that I, I am not, I hate to say that I'm not a Gundam person very much at all.
1: <laughs>
2: like, I tried watching Iron Blooded Orphans and Unicorn, and I hate to say neither of them really did it for me. <laughs> <It's> nah. <not, laughs> I, right. like, I, don't, I don't know what it is with Gundam, but it's like I can't, I, it's everything is so, it's hard for me to get into like, the lore and storytelling a little bit. It's... I don't get it. I don't get it. Maybe it's just a whole lot for me to consume all at once or something. Or, like, maybe it's just, like, the politics, like, are just... But it's so weird because I've watched series before that have had complex politics. But I don't know why it comes to Gundam. It's, like, maybe, maybe it's because, like, the robot fights don't do it for me. But I've watched... Anime with robot fights that have like that I have loved and have been and have been enthralled by. Uh, I don't get like Gundam; it just doesn't fit in my head. It just doesn't fit for me. I don't know what's wrong with me.
1: <laughs> no, it's but all
2: right. to give credit, I was enthralled by this OVA. I was genuinely enthralled by it for the first time ever. Gundam worked for me. <laughs> <laughs> like everything that was condensed down good story it clicked with me i loved it i actually really loved it <laughs> oh yeah like it's i I do, I do thoroughly enjoy a good you know origin story like a good prequel origin story and fuck me this is a good one this is a good one really good acquisition
1: oh yeah like gundam is definitely not for everyone it's definitely an acquired taste it can like I remember seeing some of the Twitter reaction from people saying like, "Ah, oh, this is amazing! This is just so, this is stellar!" And I've seen some people saying, "Oh, this is boring. We're the fucking robots." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like no, nah, I can I can totally see that. Like I remember when uh, Iron Blooded Orphans first uh, started, and you know, like I said, it's the it's more of a typical shonen action series. But even then, it kind of took me a couple episodes to get into that. But after after I got over that hump, I was kind of all in on that. And same with uh, Unicorn, and also this.
2: Yeah, I don't, again, don't know what did it for me with those, you know, but here with the origins, it, maybe it was just like, it was, maybe it was just knowing that this was, this was actually the beginning. This was like a point where you could start in Gundam. I think that helped. I think that helped. Cause I do, Cause whenever I watched the other Gundam series, I had this, oh, I had this like feeling of like, even though this is new, I feel like there's something overwhelming here. That is mentally blocking me from enjoying this. Like there's something I'm not knowing fully. Like there's I'm not understanding some of the gravity of the of the situation of the series that is keeping me from enjoying it. And it's hard for me to describe. I can't really describe it right now. But I've always felt that with the others, but I didn't feel that with the origin.
1: Yeah, just and it definitely helps that this is just this is the where it all begins. And it's like you can't you can't beat that. No, you cannot
2: beat that. So I can highly recommend Gundam The Origin.
1: And so we move on to our next show, which is Food Wars, baby! (laughs) Those two are battling it out again.
0: All Soma wants to do is beat his father in a cooking competition. But with almost 500 straight losses... That's only 489! He still has a long way to go. Come back once you've learned what you're made of. His only hope is to hone his skills at the elite Totsky Culinary Academy. What's the name of your family's restaurant? It's just a little diner located in my Mar- uh, a diner where the competition is fierce. You're a glorified fry cook. You don't belong here. The stakes couldn't be higher. Out of a thousand freshmen, only one hundred will remain to advance, and the dishes are out of this world. <laughs> looks like somebody's enjoying their meal battle through the culinary adventure of a lifetime in food wars premiering next saturday at 1 a.m order up only toonami on adult
1: swim
2: uh food wars
1: ah your boy of anime food wars (laughs) No, no. Uh, but uh, before i let you say your piece i just want to say i fucking love food wars like on the one hand, it's incredibly stupid, but on the other hand, it's incredibly stupid, and I love it to death. It's just so much fun to see how crazy and hyped everyone gets over just simple cooking and how you can turn that into a shounen action series. It it blew me away, and I was, I'm laughing every episode, just going, it's so ridiculous, but it's that great kind of ridiculous.
2: Yeah, um <laughs> Yeah, like unlike the or- I found it so awkward that I found myself getting totally enthralled with Gundam the Origin, but I was so not enthralled by a shonen like Shokugeki no Soma. I was like this should work for me, but goddamn if it didn't click for me. <laughs> <laughs> I just not I didn't like food war, <laughs> yeah. like, it, was, it was something so visceral where I was just like, "This, this really isn't doing it for me." Like I'm not, like I am not like entertained whatsoever by this.
1: It's definitely an acquired taste.
2: Yeah, pun intended. <laughs> oh Oh,
1: one hundred percent.
2: It was like I don't know, maybe because like I come from a background where like I have a like my I, growing up around my parents. They've they watch like almost nothing but Food Network, so I have been I have had like in the background of my mind food shows, and many of them have just never clicked for me, you know, because it's like just like showing off like food porn and like like stuff that you'll never make, but like it's 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 creepy, it's creepy. Those <laughs> shows are creepy to me, where you just sit there and you watch people. <laughs> food that you will never make that you then proceed to never make (laughs) logically you think when you watch a cooking show you are getting like a recipe or like ideas but like the people who watch these things never fucking make any of the food on the shows you just watch it because it's like some sort of like visual asmr for yourself And i I get the same feeling from food wars and it like really puts me off (laughs) like i think that's it this is why I finally found it. For this podcast. <laughs> I have never had a eureka moment. What if I don't like food wars. You are watching recipes be made in food, but like it is the same experience as watching a Food Network show where like you will never fucking make the food in the show or the majority of people who won't. It is just food porn for your eyes. And that puts me off so fucking bad.
1: That really puts me off. You're not wrong there. Like, there are moments when I'm watching the show, and while I love it and I see all these dishes in the show, I'm just like, man, I would love to taste that. I'm never going to make this or try to find anyone else to make it for me. So yeah,
2: why you are watching it to begin with? So then I question that, and I'm all like, okay, well, what do I have left? And I'm like, and I try to focus on the Shonen aspects, but even that isn't working for me. Like, the Shonen aspects just aren't pulling it in for me. Like, there's, like, something... I don't know, I don't know what it is, but like dis, dis, disingenuous or something. Like it's like, there's just something not there for me. Like, I don't know. The one food shows I could always watch were kind of like the travelogue style food shows. Like something like, cause believe it or not, I can watch something like Guy Fieri's diners, drive-ins and, D- and dives <laughs> perfectly fine because like you feel like you're, enriching yourself a little bit by, like, learning about, like, you know, different families who started these restaurants and made these foods and built up their own recipes or... You're going um, on an adventure. Like, you're going on an adventure. And I think the best one I ever saw like that, the best cooking show, if you want to say it that, call it that, was Anthony Bourdain's uh, No Reservations or any of those. Because he, he, like, really loves to explore and dig into the cultures and like the traditions that made many of these fascinating foods in the world. And I feel like that actually did enrich me as a person a little bit in a different way from Guy Fieri, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Going around the U S and checking out all these, you know, different, like different store, like different, different thing, but kind of the same thing, you know, and maybe that's why I that just clicks with me better, and why Shogeki Soma just doesn't, because it's not focused as much on those stories. It's it's like trying to add like the shonen, the shonen tropes we know so well to cooking and the sort of like togetherness it can do with us all. It, it succeeds in its own personal kind of way as a shonen, making all of it look cool. But that's not interesting to me. For me personally, it just was not interesting whatsoever. I was bored by it. I was ge- I was genuinely put off by it, and the fan service didn't feel- help either. <laughs> because I feel like that was like trying to hook me in with something further, and I felt like I was. <laughs> that's where I feel- felt like the disingenuousness kind of kicked in, where I was all like, "Okay, I see. I see what the plan is here. I know what the plan is. I can't apply that to cooking. I just can't." There's a conflict that goes in my head. When I try to watch Food Wars, so ugh, man, the series—I've I've
1: never seen a show, that never clicked with me this bad. <laughs> you know, it's like you're—you're uh, you're not like George Costanza and Seinfeld. You're not one to like mix uh, food and sex. You know, he—he he found a way to like really get into it, but nah, that's not—that's not for you. No,
2: it's—it's—it's—it's—it doesn't click with me. It just doesn't click with me personally. <laughs> Even though I can admit it is a good show. It is a good show. It's a good shounen. But, man, this didn't work for me.
1: <laughs> uh, but, me personally, I love this. Like, I loved how stupid this show got. And I actually really do really dig the characters. You know, I literally love Soma. He's, like, a very fun, you know... He's very atypical Shonen protagonist, but uh, there's just something about him and just how, like, he really irks a lot of the other characters, especially uh, Big Knacker Erin and Nacker-y. Like, how much he pisses her off with how good he is and how she's just wondering, like she can fully admit to herself that he is a good cook and the food he makes is good and i love a lot of the other characters i love uh, megumi she's she's just a little cinnamon roll and also and also um uh, cousin alice like she's she's my favorite character just this queen bee type character in the food world with like uh, rio as kind of like her lapdog it's a it's a lot of fun but i can totally understand why you wouldn't get into this
2: yeah yeah just really yeah uh, man yeah See, if anyone fi- if anyone out there finds this just not clicking with you don't don't worry there's there's somebody else out there who is just as frustrated as you are by the series
1: you can start up a uh, food wars anonymous of uh people who just don't get it people who just don't get it you know mm-hmm. we meet every
2: thursday at six <laughs>
1: bring your own dish but uh, don't talk about the dish talk about uh, the person who made it yeah no (laughs) onward from food wars we have fire force one day without
0: cause or warning people the world over began catching fire Uh, no one knows when it'll happen next or to whom and so we all live in fear. Everyone, prepare for battle. I refuse to be what they say I am. No matter what I have to do, I will be a hero. Fire Force, Saturday at midnight.
2: On Adult Swim. Oh, oh boy, oh boy. Talk about an anime that just completely shifted so fucking quickly in the public consciousness. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Before we jump right into that, I want to talk about a bit that I did want to do for the panel. Is uh, so uh, usually for the panels for this panel, uh, we play the tsunami trailer before we start uh, discussing the show. And what I was going to do is I was going to play the trailer. It's only like 30 seconds long, and then going after going in after that, I was going to edit in a uh, little uh, little mini music video of uh, scenes from the show, and I was going to set it to. Uh, Seth Rollins' theme song. So it was going to go... Burn it
0: down!
1: And I was actually like, as the song was like ramping up, I was going to stand up, and right when it got to the burn it down, I was going to just shout out, burn it down, right in the room there and try to see if anyone else... You had any good ideas for this
2: panel. You have good ideas for this panel.
1: Yeah, and that's not it, but we'll get to those later. But yeah. But yeah, like you said, Fire Force, one of those shows that everyone was so hyped as soon as it started off and then became very divided upon as it continued on. The flame that burns twice as
2: bright
1: (laughs) dies twice as fast. And I would say it didn't necessarily help that around the same time we got another great firefighting anime that completely wowed all the anime world this past summer.
2: Yeah, we got Pro Mare. And then it was almost like just like fucking switch going off in people's heads, <laughs> Where they're all like, Oh yeah, why didn't why couldn't we get a whole season of like this instead of when we only got Fire Force?
1: You know, to draw the comparisons further to Seth Rollins, it's just like Fire Force is uh, Seth Rollins during the summer last year, and Pro Mare is the fiend Bray Wyatt coming in and challenging it and everyone loving that more than Seth
2: yeah yeah because you know because like it, it's so hard to describe the hype for the series there was originally because like because of course everyone at the beginning was all like oh it's a new it's a new anime that was based that's based on the work from the creator of soul leader you, know, you know how everybody loves soul leader you know how like it was you know it had its own thing and stuff and people still love that series to this day you know despite all its faults so they were all like Oh, man, well, I can't wait to get, like, another series that has a lot of faults, but, like, we can still, like, love and revere for many years. (laughs) You know, people got into, like, the first, like, two or three episodes where they were kind of digging it, where, like, the animation was good. But then, like, the writing just kind of took a quick turn where, like, it wasn't any one episode, but it was just within, like, those, like, episodes, like, three, four, six. It was, like, a gradual downturn.
1: It was that people, early midpoint, and people were just like,
2: "Oh, we, we, we actually have to adjust our expectations for this."
1: <laughs> yeah, like uh, me personally, I actually, I actually really did still like this, but I can totally get like, yeah, that middle, early middle part of the series is kind of a bit of a slog to get through. But once you get past that and go to like uh, the Evangelist stuff in the second half, then I would say it's worth it. But I can totally understand people just like, well
2: no like even i have problems with the evangelists even
1: it's not perfect it's not perfect by any stretch of the means yeah but
2: no honestly no there were genuinely some problems with like the evangelists in the final half that like didn't do it for me that i disagree with on you there but yeah it was sort of like it was the, the progress of watching the series was like watching it but, like having such high hopes but then like you kind of noticed like a lot of the gimmicks with the characters were kind of like a lot of like the personality traits and gimmicks were kind of repeating a lot. And, like, you kind of realize there wasn't a whole lot underneath each of them. Like, and then you realize that kind of plateaued and, like, they weren't really going anywhere or progressing in any kind of meaningful way compared to how the characters did in Soul Eater. And then, like, kind of went along and stuff. And, like, a lot, a lot of them were just, like, many of, like, those old, like, quirks, like, characters, like, then kind of, like, graded on you with, like, varying degrees between all of them. And then even when it got to the stuff with the main villains being, like, the evangelists, I found those main villains to be, like... Like, they were something to, like, increase the, like... Uh, to, to like They were something to escalate the, the danger in the plot. But even they kind of got tiresome after a while, because, like... Because, like, the problem with, like, the evangelists was that they were, like, this religious cult that was trying to be- bring about, like, the heat death of the world... Mm-hmm. And I found that to be so much less than what we got in Soul Eater because they're all just religious nut jobs, and you can't argue with them in any kind of way. Because, like, because the thing with here's the here's the problem I have with the evangelists. The problem with them is that you can't argue with them. You can't because they're just religious nut jobs, and you can't yeah. argue, and you can't argue with religious nut jobs because they're so detached from reality. Like the ideas that they promote, you can't argue with them you're just like no you just you just destroy these ideas in particular you can actually have debates or like try and like actually care about the enemies in like soul leader because there was something more to them going underneath the problem with the evangelists is that all they are is just religious nut jobs you can't argue with them they're not interesting you're just like okay well we just gotta like snuff you out and there we go like crisis averted <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, with like Leader, you can have like games of like mental chess with like some Medusa and Arachne, but like with the Evangelists, it's it is yeah, they're just they're just bad. they and are so straight,
2: they're very straightforward. They
1: they're are very like, straightforward. We want
2: to burn. We want to burn the whole world and kill everybody. So it's like, oh, okay, well, we'll just stop you. That's not interesting.
1: I can I can see where you're coming from, but for me, it's just like it does enough. It's like if this is definitely one of those series where I'm just like, you know what. I'm not gonna get anything too deeper with this it's just like it's definitely just a popcorn anime just like something nice to watch on a Saturday night but I can totally get
2: it for a series that like like, for the most part follows this idea decently enough of like a world of like where like the main gimmick is that like most people are like pyrokinetics and stuff and can either create fire or like control fire (laughs) by the end of it I felt like how much further can we go with this idea
1: yeah I, I can definitely see this kind of getting a little samey as it goes on but you know there so was it's... variety
2: in like Soul Eater with their oh, whole fight yeah. and all that stuff but, like the weapons and the maesters when it came to Fire Force though I found them really stretching the pyrokinesis powers by the end when when it got to the point where people where characters are bending time using their pyrokinesis I was like you're really stretching this okay <laughs>
1: Hey, you know, it's like this is a David Productions anime. Like, they're they're pretty familiar when it comes to like baddies that can bend time. You know,
2: and like the series looked fine for the most part. It looked better in the beginning, but then, after a while, I felt like, 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 like it's visual diversity with the arts, with like the art direction and the sort of art style the, the creator was going with the series, not nearly as diverse or as interesting as Soul Leader. And yeah, he he was he was somehow worse with his character writing. For the most part, as well, just ah, oh, like how does he go from soul eater to this? Like, what if he would have like learned better or something? Like, he would have improved, you know? But ugh, man. Yeah, well, but it's just like. As for, but yeah, as for my as for my thoughts on Soul on Fire Force, like, uh, I have my my feelings are
1: mixed. They're very. <laughs> much. I, I still dug it, but I can totally get why most people wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I I am looking forward to that second season. I I am hopeful that they can learn from some of their mistakes and improve like this adaptation. Yeah,
2: yeah. But in all honesty, I could see myself kind of trailing off of this like I did with Attack on Titan.
1: Yeah, I'll watch it and I'll keep you updated. <laughs> I mean, if it appears
2: on Toonami, then yeah, I probably will still watch it because like it's it's not that bad. But it's like it's one of those like series that like even after watching this first season, like if it weren't on Toonami, I would have dropped. it.
1: I'm looking forward to seeing where that where it goes from here. But uh, after this, uh, we get a little something, uh, a little something special for Toonami because usually when it comes to Toonami and their acquisitions, they're mostly anime because you know, you know they're an action cartoon block, but uh, they usually go for anime because that's mostly the bigger thing and it's easier to license. But uh, they managed to get a little something different this time around, partnering with Rooster Teeth to bring on Genlock. We are at the dawn of a new age. Do you
0: see that? I see it. What the hell? Swarm incoming! The nanos everywhere! Under heavy fire! We did not seek this conflict, but we will rise to meet it. You have an opportunity no one else has to perhaps turn the tide of the war. It was a massive risk bringing you here. They'll become the best fighters we've ever seen.
2: Bird Force is taking heavy losses. Ready to advance?
0: I'll cover. Genlock will give us the edge we need to strike back. The future is metal. Genlock premieres August 3rd. This is how war begins. Only tsunami on adult swim.
2: <laughs> I'll say this much: at least it's not Ruby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, oh, you. No, that's not a knock. That's
2: not a knock. I just say that because, like, because like it would probably just be bad business because Ruby is kind of like the big baby. It's kind of like the baby of Rooster Teeth, you know. So mm-hmm. probably wouldn't have been a good idea if they like, you know, acquired those like old rough seasons and worked their way up. It would just be weird, you know. Genlock oh, was yeah. a lot more was a lot newer and more self-contained from, like, the zeitgeist of Rooster Teeth. I mean, I can reasonably see the reasons as to why they would acquire this, you know? And, like, and I like Ruby, fine enough, you know, but, like, Genlock felt, uh, Genlock felt just a little bit more right for them to acquire here. And, you know, like, all the better for, like, creating a new kind of bond out there, Toonami and Rooster Teeth. Rooster Teeth is pretty big. Toonami is pretty big, you know? It feels kind of right they would kind of acquire something off of each
1: other yeah and like this show like is a pretty perfect marriage right here and especially like with the kind of show that they're getting where like uh, this is a series that's also very like star-studded in its cast and its crew because it's uh produced by michael b jordan you know famous actor for his famous superhero movie role of human torch and fan Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, I mean, uh, Killmonger and, uh, Black Panther, but, uh, yeah, he plays the lead in this, and also we have, like, David Tennant as, uh, the Doctor in this show, you know, for again Scrooge McDuck, 10th Doctor over here, and also, like, another very diverse and sarcastic, like, I know, um, I know the, uh, the Scottish girl, uh, Kami, she's played by an actress from, uh, Game of Thrones, I know, like, uh, they actually had, like, uh, a Middle Eastern actress play, like, one of the Middle Eastern characters. They also have, like, a non-binary actor play one of the non-binary characters. Like, they did very, very good diversifying the cast, but also even getting some uh, anime people in there with, like, uh, Monica Rial being, like, a uh, principal cast member, too.
2: Yes, very, very solid cast, very good representation, Um, you know, very good, um, you know, writing between all the characters and their dialogue and how they bounce off each other. And... Yet, despite all that, I just thought it was okay. Like I had very, like I had very, like average feelings about it. Like because, like looking at it solely as a mecha anime and its place among other mecha anime, I just thought it was okay. Like I felt like it didn't do enough new to really make me as loyal to it and stuff. Because like I found myself actually end up liking Ruby way more than Genlock. Cause like Ruby had a lot more like uniqueness to it or something and had like a little bit more originality to it. I didn't get that with Genlock where like I could admit a lot of it was good. Like the cast was solid. The writing was solid, but I don't know something about the world building or something like it didn't, this one didn't click with me. Not enough of it felt really original to me. Yeah. I just, by the end, I just thought it was okay. And like, I didn't want to think it was Okay. But that's just how I was kind of disappointed by like how okay I thought it was in
1: the end yeah, that's fair. like I'm mostly kind of the opposite like I haven't really seen much of Ruby like most of what I've seen of Ruby is like those rough early first seasons and it's kind of like that's that kind of turned me off a bit. but uh, from what I've seen it's I mean, gotten it's a worth lot of watching hurt. the later
2: stuff because like it genuinely
1: oh yeah, I, like I've seen bits and pieces of like the later stuff and I'm thinking like, okay, this actually looks much better and also I got a I got a friend who's like really into Ruby and I'm kind of thinking like okay, I might as I may check it in for her, you know.
2: But, like, but, yeah, like, but, again, like, going back to that point of, like, Genlock within, like, the wider space of, like, mecha anime, how did you think it worked as that in that
1: regard? I would, I do agree with you that it's pretty, it's pretty simplistic with this. It's, like, it doesn't really do anything new when it comes to mecha anime, but uh, I will say it's, like, I am kind of get of the mindset thinking, like, okay, this is just the first season. Like, it's already been confirmed that they're going to be doing more. They're going to have a second season coming out on the HBO Max app whenever like uh whenever that comes out but uh you know i'm kind of thinking like okay they have like all their pieces placed they kind of like laid down the bricks like i feel like as they go on they're definitely going to get more and more in depth with like the mech stuff they're going to be probably adding in some new stuff but uh, you know like you said it's pretty it's pretty simple it's kind of doing stuff that we've seen before and like not only just mech anime but like any kind of science fiction or any robot movies you know like The way the Genlock system sets up is very similar to, like, say, the Avatar thing from uh, James Cameron's Avatar with a little bit of, uh, you know, Pacific Rim thrown in there.
2: Yeah, my mind couldn't help but wander towards that. (laughs) Yeah,
1: like, I know, it's, yeah, I feel like they're just kind of using that as, like, a bit of a a stepping-off point, you know, kind of give, get people familiarized, you know, do stuff that they've seen before so that they can understand. And then I'm kind of, I'm sincerely hoping, fingers crossed, that, once they go forward with their second season and onward, that that's when these kids start to explore more new things with uh, the series and everything they set up.
2: In fact, I, I, I found the the one fun... I found, like, the, the one funniest experience I got out of Genlock was finding out that my seven-year-old nephew actually has a di- uh, DVD of it.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, you told me about this, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, no joke. Last Christmas, when I was um, going through... Well, technically, it's cousin second removed, so son the son of my cousin you know mm-hmm. but i was over at uh, his and his wife's house uh last christmas and you know i was kind of chilling with the kids and like both of their rooms and like you know kind of entertaining them a little bit and then i go into my um i th- i th- i think he's seven years old <laughs> <laughs> Young, very, very young, very quiet cousin, second removed, but I like calling him my—I like calling him my nephew. <laughs> I mm-hmm. went in his room, to, to Imagine my shock when I see a Gen a DVD for Genlock in his room, and I'm all
1: like, <laughs> "Really? <laughs> you don't have a Blu-ray?"
2: <laughs> well, my other thought was—well, my other thought was like, "Saying exactly a kid
1: series." <laughs> <laughs> no, especially with Kamie who's like swearing like a sailor the entire time.
2: Like okay, I would give this to like an eleven-year-old or a twelve-year-old, you know, because like
1: yeah, preteen
2: who cares like kids around that age are like reading like My Hero Academia now, you know, right? Like my 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 older but like still young cousin, who's his brother, you know, even he has a cursory knowledge of My Hero Academia, and he's still in elementary school, you know, <laughs> middle years and stuff. <laughs> Like I was all like, eh, maybe wait a little bit. Maybe give this to the older brother before I give it to the younger <laughs> brother. <laughs> I don't know. I, I still hope he watched it at some point, though, because that's just funny to me. That's just yeah. funny. <laughs> you got to understand, by like age 11 or 12, I was watching Drawn Together. <laughs> <laughs> so it warms my heart to know that a kid that young is watching something that is so not for their age. <laughs>
1: hey, man, when I was eight, I watched Fooly Cooly. Like, you know that about me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
2: yes. So thanks, Uh, Genlock, for at least giving me that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and like, hey, like, you know, with the series being as very simplistic as it is, it can definitely work for someone of that age, you know? Because, like, they're... It's it's new to them, you know?
2: Yeah, it's at least new to him. So uh, enjoy that, Mace.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But no, like, uh, I, in general, I am glad that... uh, we get to see this on Toonami, like Toonami partnering with someone like Rooster Teeth, and also very much expanding their horizons outside of anime to bring us like a more Western-made cartoon show.
2: Oh yeah, I'm still I'm still happy for like the that like the production got something out of got something out of this.
1: Although to be honest, I still
2: heard rumors that the staff underneath this were not being treated very well. Oh, fucky kind of stuff going on over at Rooster Teeth. So that did kind of sour me a little on it. tugging the collar a little there Uh, yeah so best of luck to the future of Genlock that's all I'll say
1: (laughs) season 2 coming on HBO Max whenever and so that brings us uh, back to anime with Dr. Stone
2: all this time I've been so scared that if I tell her how I really feel about her she could not want to be my friend anymore I've kept this inside me for five years and
1: hold up what's that weird
0: light well, look who's finally awake. It's October 5th in the year 5738. It has been 3700 years. I swear I'm going to take back the world. Through science, I'll figure out what happened to us.
2: I swear, I'm going to save you, Yuzuriha.
0: We may be a couple of high school kids, but we're going to rebuild civilization from the ground up. Together, we'll bring life back to this stone world. Dr. Stone premieres next Saturday at midnight. Only Toonami on Adult Swim.
1: Hey, Dr. Stone. Oh, hi, yo, Sakai. Good morning, world.
2: Complete opposite experience I had here compared to Food Wars. Because Doctor Stone does a very similar thing to Food War. It takes this sort of idea or abstract where it's like, like food, but what if shown in? Whereas but here it's like, what if science, but shown in? And for a show like this, even despite the fact that like it's got a weird sense of humor that feels that reminded me almost of like the weird humor of like Zatch Bell, despite the fact that it takes a weird concept where it's like a shonen but like it's about science it actually gelled way better with oh me than my God, like, yeah. Than the approach with Food Wars like I genuinely ended up liking I, I really liked Dr. Stone by the end
1: I love this show like you know going into it I, I was the, I heard it was like okay science world in the future teaching these primitive people all about modern technology I was kind of thinking like okay this is this this will be for somebody, but I don't know if it's for me. But... Caveman Shonen. <laughs> Caveman Shonen, fucking Prometheus and Bob here. But like uh, <laughs> But as soon as I watched it, I'm just like I became completely enthralled with this show from the moment like it began, from like the moment the entire the, the Petra beam activated and stonified everyone to the moment where like Taiju wakes up in the future with Senku, our main character, and saying, like, Yeah, we're in the year five thousand thirty seven, we're gonna rebuild the world.
2: I know. And it's a, it's a strange setup, like, from the get-go, too. It's a strange setup where, like, all the world, everyone in the world gets automat- like, out of nowhere, turned to stone. And then it's, like, and like, centuries later and they make new friends and they all try to create a new world that, that is guided by the optimism of science. It's a weird setup, but there was... But, like, there ended up being some genuinely good writing behind
1: it. Amazing writing. Very accurate scientific writing. Like, I haven't seen this... Accurate kind of writing in like a science show since like what fucking Futurama and how they had like friggin Harvard graduates figure out a lot of the science in that show. Like in this show and in the manga, they actually went to like actual scientists to learn about the actual science of this. Like there's an episode where they learn about uh, glass blowing even, and the the actual animators went to like stores that specialize in glass blowing and actually studied glass blowers and like how they did so they can actually do glass blowing in the actual anime. And it's like. This is a oh, show. Oh yeah, and I accurate. can
2: watch too. I've seen, like going through like going through like art classes and like you know seeing demos in college. Like I know what glassblowing looks like, and th- they got it dead on in the series.
1: Yeah, and just it, like you learn something new with this show every day because of, of the science being so accurate. And yeah, I also all... quite
2: accurate. Like I haven't seen the show get me. Th- I haven't seen the show get me this excited into science since like maybe MythBusters or even when I was a kid, like Bill Nye the Science Guy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh god, if you're like a child of like uh, you know, those early junior high high school days where like the science teacher is like, eh, I don't feel like teaching today, I'll just throw on a Mythbusters for an hour, you know. If you're someone who loved that, you'll you'll love this show.
2: Oh my god, yes. We had a teacher back in high school who did exactly that. I could totally see him throwing on Dr. Stone.
1: Oh my god, <laughs> that would be amazing.
2: <laughs> or at least a video that covered like physics or something like that which they do they touch it on Mm -hmm. physics in the show so he would have done it yep (laughs) yeah it's the show is somehow very well adapts scientific concepts into shonen battles and it actually works like the battles in the show are battles of like like not only like wits but also of like scientific capabilities and like understanding scientific concepts to try and get an edge on your opponent, and even using the power of invention to your advantage as well. It's all, every, all the shonen battles in the show are guided by this unerring optimism that science can be a force of good that elevates everyone across humanity. And I think that is such a really admirable philosophy to push, push forward.
1: And yeah, just like taking, you know, these these like mental battles with science and like that's most of the shonen fights in this like the only time we ever get real actual like fisticuffs in like this anime was like during like it was like midway through the season where we had like a little tournament to uh, so our characters can like uh make sure uh the uh the priestess of uh the village Ruri doesn't marry like the big evil meathead uh magma you know they're trying to get to her to make sure like you know they can actually heal her with like a, a sulfa drug which is their big battle that they've been doing for like that first half of the season.
2: Yeah, that's one of that's only like one example of like one simple conflict in the show. The characters come across a village. They make friends with the he, like they make friends with the villagers, or like or our main character makes friends with the villagers. He finds out they have problems that need to be so, that can be solved by science, and, but like he also like uh, maneuvers through their culture as well to try and get to the point where he can help them, and he teaches mm-hmm. them about science along the way. And every little discovery he brings back into the Stone Age world feels has the same impact as progress, any progress you would see in a shounen anime. And it's very simple stuff during the beginning where he's just trying to help the people in this village with the scientific knowledge that he has locked away in his brain. It's, it's really clever. It's really clever.
1: And it's just so great to see the reactions from the villagers because, like, you know the cast of doctor stone like these characters are just all so wonderful and like seeing their reactions to like how to like basic stuff we know today and just seeing like how they're just so amazed by this like uh one of the first things uh senku does when he goes into the village he uh meets up with the uh the village uh sorcerer which is like basically their scientist chrome my boy my my bad boy And, like, how he is just blown away about how Senku knows some of the same things he does and realizing this isn't magic, this is actually just basic science and chemical reactions and stuff. And then how, like, he gets super into Senku telling him about the the past modern life and how, like, how bad everything can really be, you know, and just how hyped he is and how he wants to be Senku's, like, sidekick, basically.
2: Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. it helps that like many of the characters are also just have just like very endearing personalities and are just completely enthralled by science and what it, it can do and like really, you know, sell through their characters and backgrounds, how much like science can mean to them, what it can mean to others. And, um, you know, it's all rooted very well in a good protagonist like Senku, who I admit, even though he comes across a little bit as like haughty a little bit or something, like he's not, he's never like, too arrogant to where he's unlikable you know it's more just like yeah. he understands he, he's you he kind of understand from the get-go that he's not a people person
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: so, he t- so like he takes a lot of time to warm up to others he's he's hard to warm up to for other people to warm up to him you know but once you get past that he's like a person he's a character who, who really does believe that science can do a lot of good for other people and that's genuinely cool and you begin to feel just how cool it is as well. And you get sucked in every time he just info dumps on you in the series. Almost unbelievable that, like, I can be this enthralled by a character just dumping info on me in a series like this.
1: And it's the same with, like, some of the other characters. Like, another character, uh, Best Girl Kohaku, like, she's, you know, the tough, village tough girl, but with a hard goal. She's a bit of a teddy bear on the inside. But, like, a lot of her reactions to science is just like, eh, it's- not really all that impressive but as she goes along learns more about science and how senku really puts it over she starts to really get into it going like wow this is actually pretty good this isn't just a bunch of dumb rocks thrown in thrown into fire just a bunch of mixing of like weird water and chemicals you know this is actually really really impressive and it's amazing how like society was actually built upon this building like so many great things right right Yeah,
2: really impressed with Dr. Stone. Dr. Stone really impressed me. It was a fine addition to to, to the Toonami block.
1: And I can't wait for the second season because, oh boy, begun the Stone Wars have.
2: Yes, yes. Oh, man, that'll be a good time.
1: But uh, speaking of second seasons, we move on to a second season coming on to Toonami, but something that isn't good as Dr. Stone, something that's actually really, really bad and disappointing. I'm, of course, referring to (laughs) One Punch Man, season two. Emergency evacuation. A new monster has appeared
0: in City
1: S. Occurrences of tiger-level
0: threats and above are increasing in frequency. Time to hunt. All of these nobodies combined wouldn't be enough to take me down. Let's find out who's the strongest in here. Hello, my name is Saitama. What's shaken? I've been waiting for this moment. Come at me, bro. I'll kill you so bad you'll beg for death. Nice. I'm hyped. Killing you is the reason i call. come.
2: Wasn't expecting that. The world is chock full of super strong and pretty awful people.
0: Standing up to them is what heroes do. Even if that means doing it alone for Season 2 of One Punch Man, premiering next Saturday at 11.30. you need a hand or... No, I have to be able to handle
1: this on my own! Okay then, try not to lose. Only nami on Adult Swim. Oh boy. <laughs> now, before we get into this, I want to talk about another bit I had planned. Uh, this wasn't going to be during the panel itself, this was going to be before we started, because... Uh, Usually, when we do these panels, we I usually get set up about 15-20 uh, minutes beforehand, and uh, while while I get get set up, I have that time. I usually uh, put together a little uh, compilation video of like a bunch of different Toonami promos or like different videos relating to tsunami shows, whether they be clips or or like uh, or clips relating to the shows. You know, it's a little it's a little uh, pre show that I put together before each show. Right. And uh, for uh, One Punch Man, for the representation of that. The way I was gonna do that is, so it would start. I would have like the bumper for One Punch Man. You know, Tom saying, "Coming up next, One Punch Man," and then I would uh play a bit of the intro. But uh, you would hear the music of the intro, and this is the the season one intro. So, so it would start off, and then right when the song starts really going, the video on screen starts showing uh highlights perfectly set to the music of One Orange Cassidy. Because he is literally the one punch man, a professional wrestling does nothing <laughs> but comes in and just I we're gonna come to wrestling. He does. He is basically the embodiment of Saitama. Because he does mostly nothing, but when he really gets into it, it's like just a one punch. I know what you're talking
2: about. I love Orange Cassidy too. I've seen him. I've seen him wrestle live.
1: Yep. And uh, the thing is, uh, before we all got locked down, I actually made that intro video just that that orange Cassidy one punch man stuff so i may post it online so the whole all of you can see that
2: oh excellent (laughs) about the one good thing that uh could have come out of that panel for one punch man season two (laughs)
1: Uh, and i'm really disappointed that like not only just that for uh the panel being canceled but i'm really disappointed that we didn't get to talk about this in front of a group of people because i would have loved to see to hear other people's reaction to the series, because I'm assuming that no other person will love this series, and I would have loved to have heard other people give out we about this. could
2: have done an entire panel riffing on one Punch man season two. We could have gotten that material because there is so much to find contemptible with season two of One Punch man
1: this is a season that just manages to get. Everything wrong. Like, like you know, season one, amazing. Like, I would compare it to, like, say, like, uh, it's like in football. You know, you throw quarterback throws a perfect pass, wide receiver catches it, gonna head on into the end zone. No one's gonna catch him. But then season two is like that same wide receiver just dropping the ball and falling flat on his face and getting injured right before he crosses the goal line. That is one punch in season two.
2: It has been so long since I've been this disappointed by a continuation of an anime. Like, holy mother of God, how did they drop the ball so badly in the second season?
1: The big thing as to why the season failed so hard is because they couldn't get Shingo Natsume, the original director of season one, and Studio Madhouse to do this. So they had to go with a new director and they had to go with JC Staff to do the animation. And, you know, JC Staff they're not a bad studio, but they're not really at that madhouse level. Because, like, One Punch Man Season 1 is, like, one of the best animated series of, like, the last decade. And, like, to try to top or even match that, there was no way another studio, especially a studio like JC, could do that.
2: Well, I, I, I don't know. Like, maybe if they could have put in, like, the time and care, they maybe could have. But, no, uh, I'm just not sure what exactly...
1: Well, they didn't have time and care. it you
2: know. looks like dog shit. It's it looks like garbage.
1: And I remember when that first trailer, when it, like it was first starting to come out, I just it was an immediate red flag. Just going like, oh, oh no, oh no, oh no, no 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 no. <laughs> was, no.
2: The, the red like every everyone's everyone went on high alert. They were all like. Oh, this, uh, they're really settling for, for less this time around, aren't
1: they? <laughs> when the anime was announced for Toonami, I was like, okay, maybe it wouldn't be as bad because we're gonna get it dubbed, and the dub was, dub's really good, so maybe, like, okay, animation's gonna look like crap, but at least we'll get, like, very snappy, fun dub dialogue, you know, like hearing Max Middleman as Saitama give us some a dry delivery of a funny joke, you know? I, I was thinking, like, okay, we can still get that. Turns out, we don't get that, because Saitama is barely in the season. A series called yeah, One, Punch I knew, I knew One Punch Man. I knew going forward,
2: because I, I'm familiar with the manga, and I knew going forward with One Punch Man, I was like, oh, they're going to come into some big problems here, because, like, this whole Monster Association arc, it is still fucking going on to this day.
1: Oh my god.
2: Like it is, it is one of the longest, stretched out arcs I have ever seen in a manga. Like it gets so, <laughs> so badly stretched out compared to how it was originally portrayed by one. Whereas at least in the manga, the artwork is still incredible, yeah, and even though been going on long, like individual battles like are still relatively cool enough to like keep you interested. But oh, holy crap! This like completely fucks the pacing of the anime. The anime, the the second season is so
1: badly paced. It's it's just so it's it's unbelievable. Like you go, you start off like okay, we're gonna have some fun with Saitama, but then we introduce like some new, we have a bunch of new characters. It's just like okay, are it they gonna like
2: bleach level like bleach levels? Yes, new characters.
1: yes, they are like bleach villains,
2: and they end up and- focusing on them. Not focusing on Saitama, but focusing on these new characters. Which is the exact same mistake Bleach did.
1: Yeah! <laughs> 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 and it's like, when it comes to One Punch Man, every character who isn't Saitama isn't all that interesting. Like, they're interesting when they can talk to Saitama, when they can bounce off their personalities with Saitama. But when you take that away, they're just all very... We're all just a bunch of straight lace S-class superheroes. We're good at our job.
2: Well, well, that's because one tried to also anchor it with another character that can be properly compared to Saitama, and that's And Mm. Garo is, like, pretty much the other protagonist of One Punch Man, both in the anime and even
1: currently in the manga. (laughs) And I will say, at least, I would say Garo is probably the most interesting thing about this second season. But that's not saying a whole lot.
2: Not a whole lot, like... Honestly, he's only, even now, just only getting... I'm honestly just waiting for, like, some penultimate moment that is coming up uh, in, like, the remake of the manga. Taking its sweet time. (laughs) 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 Just fuck it. I looked ahead in One Punch Man at, like, the story that does actually exist as one is currently writing it, and I'm all like, just fucking get to that moment. I'm so tired. Fine. It looks cool. It looks cool. And, like, you do get a little bit of character with some of the side characters. Just, please bring the focus back to Saitama. I can't <laughs> make this anymore.
0: <laughs>
2: and that's how you feel during Season 2 of One Punch Man. You're all like, please bring back Saitama. <laughs> bring it, back. it was fun when we had him.
1: I felt dead inside just watching this go. I'm just, like, laying on, this on my side on the couch going, where is Saitama? Get to Saitama. I don't care about anyone else. Oh my god. Why are you using so many speed lines in the fights? Why does Genos' armor look like a bad gradient Photoshop?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: you know, all the weaknesses that were present in the manga are just so much more present in this adaption. They're all they're all amped up to 11 in this adaption. God, <laughs> the studio behind this did not know what they were getting into. They seriously did not. No,
1: They should have done so much more
2: research, like playing around with the things that they could have done to keep up the interest. They dropped the ball so (laughs) badly, so damn badly. I almost like feel sorry for them.
1: I feel sorry for this entire franchise now because apparently not only did they have an awful second season, but uh, around the same time they also released an awful video game too. So yeah, just add more to the shit pile of One Punch Man as just slowly falling off a cliff like Homer in Springfield Gorge. I know, it's, like,
2: really just messing with, like, the like the, the now future of One Punch Man. It's not
1: looking bright. And it doesn't help that we have, like, an even better superhero series, like, currently airing and also currently releasing new chapters in the manga, My Hero Academia. I know, like, One Punch Man's
2: placement as, like, a niche within, like, superheroes and is now in like rocky footing so so utterly disappointing way too much to get into for one little recap episode so uh yeah look look out for uh, other videos covering this topic online i'm sure you can find people out there who are more than happy to spend hours of their life <laughs> discussing what went wrong here because oh, man one a ba- bad bad acquisition for tsunami bad acquisition
1: <laughs> And you know, the season ended with a cliffhanger And all I have to say to that is Either come back with Shingo Natsume And Studio Madhouse Or don't come back at all Ugh, man Let's move on to better things As our next new Toonami show is
0: Demon Slayer There have always been man-eating demons Prowling about after dark That's why It's not safe to go outside at night The smell of blood (gasps) Nezuko, are you okay? What happened? The demon slayers protect us by killing as many as they can. She's a demon! Hang on, Nezuko! Don't let it take control! She can't be healed, which means I have to decapitate your sister here. There's a way! And I'll find it no matter what it takes! I'll hunt down the one who slaughtered my family! I promise I'll make everything right! Demon Slayer premieres next Saturday at 1:30.
2: Hey, Demon Slayer. Ah, uh, yeah. Talk about a sh- talk about a show that doesn't like shake up really anything much in terms of experimenting with the shonen genre, but still plays it really damn well with like the tropes we know and love.
1: Oh god, yes. Like, I remember, I remember going I'm into this. I was it's to
2: like better, like, the better bleach. <laughs>
1: it is better bleach, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I remember going into this, hearing all the hype, and I'm thinking, like, okay, I want to watch this. But then I heard the dub was going to be coming to tsunami. And I'm just like, okay, I can wait for the dub. And then, like, you know, let the hype build and build and build. And then as soon as it starts, and once we get into the series, oh, my God, this is starting to really live up to the hype. I'm really, yeah, really I- making this.
2: I saved myself for the dub as well and I'm very happy I, and I'm very happy I finally got around to uh, watching it in that regard on Tsunami because man it makes for one one pretty damn solid shonen I got to say.
1: It is. It's like definitely up there with like some of the other great shonen's out there like My Hero and One Piece man. It's it's just it's really really good and also really really beautifully animated the show is.
2: I know, like they they got like a really good studio behind the first season, really dedicated team that really wanted to uh, bring out the beauty of the manga. And man, they they did a stellar, they did a pretty fantastic job with this first season. Really good job.
1: Yeah, and also really lovable cast too. Like we have Tanjiro and his uh, little sister Nezuko, who he's trying to protect because she's been turned into a demon, and he's just trying to go through this world being a demon slayer, trying to find out learn more about the demons, trying to see, like, if there's a way he can reverse this placed upon his sister. But then he's gonna have to, like, go through a bunch of other people who oppose this. Like, you can't be hanging around demons, you know, like the Hashira, who are like, we can't have you doing this, but he's trying to, like, convince them, and he ultimately does. And then we also have, like, a bunch of other characters that, uh, pal around with, uh, Tanjiro, become part of his crew, such as, uh, Zenitsu, screaming up the joint, and we also have, uh, The Shaggy Rogers of the series. He really is the Shaggy. And we also have, uh best uh best pig boy uh inosuke i love inosuke
2: so damn much
1: he is like the one of the mega boys of this show and of like toonami within the past year it's like him and uh chrome from dr stone are like my two top underheaded
2: twink wearing like a boar mask
1: yeah (laughs) and he's just so intense and just wants to keep fighting and just wants to like show off like i remember one of his earlier appearances where he's trying to like I think he's like trying to psych out Tanjiro, or trying to persuade him to fight. He does like this kind of back bend where he bends over his back and then comes up under his own legs, and it's just like, what the what the hell are you doing, man?
2: No, but it's a, it's a small it's a small group that like you know, you get to follow in the series that uh, really lends a lot of personality. None of the characters like really uh, outstay their welcome too much. Uh, you even get a lot of like good character development with like the uh, demons in the series. And um, I, I just absolutely love how you're always you're always meant to, like, empathize with the enemies in the series. And you're it, it does that well through uh, Tanjiro, who is a very, very kind, uh, empathic character that I really appreciate. But yeah, a series that really amazes me with how simple everything is. Because, like, none of what Demon Slayer does is too original. But it's, like, the exact opposite with... Genlock, where these things in the series these tropes and the way the series is written none of it is too original but like it plays with like the usual tropes of like the shonen genre and just tells like a really it just knows how to use them and just tell a really satisfying story like there's yeah. beauty in it, simplicity and i and i appreciate that a lot
1: what more can you say this show is just so fantastic and deserving of like all the praise it's been getting
2: it's just all around really solid. I really appreciate it for that.
1: Yeah, and I and I can't wait to see where this is going because uh, the next arc is actually going to be condensed into a movie because apparently in the manga it's short enough where they can like, yeah, we don't need to put this into like a full-on series. Like, we can do a movie out of this. And they're going to be going on in Infinite Train, not quite an Infinity Train, but still close enough.
2: Oh, so that's going to be the gimmick going forward. I like it.
1: Yeah, going off the rails on this crazy train. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, and that movie is set to be uh, released in the fall, maybe, if we still have movie theaters and we're allowed to go outside. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, well, we can hope. It, of course. You know, if uh, Trolls World Tour hasn't killed the theater business yet. <laughs> <That's> bullshit. <laughs> of course, it
2: didn't kill anything.
1: <laughs> Demon Slayer, a fantastic addition to Toonami and. A series that i would actually like to do an episode on in the future
2: oh yeah i wouldn't mind that wouldn't mind that there's there's it's condensed enough to cover
1: within a podcast so let's continue the good times here with our next series a uh, kind of a returning series here we have jojo part five golden wind
0: the powerful stand user has arrived in naples his father and i go way back his name was dio brando I had to know whether Giorno Giovanna was Dio's son. Hand over your wallet. And if he was... Don't say I didn't try yeah! to warn you. How much he took after his father, despite his calm demeanor. Take him down before he gets away! He has a savage side, which makes him dangerous! I strongly suggest you abandon following me. Salvation awaits! Repair! Is before you lie two paths!
2: Do you think he's a true enemy? Interceptive Golden Wind! Could
0: he be an ally? I still don't know why I'm worried these powers. <laughs> but I think it would be a waste not to use them. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Golden Wind, premieres next Saturday at 2.30. Now say goodbye
2: to your senses.
0: Only Toonami on Adult Swim.
2: Hey, Joey Hi. JoJo.
1: Joey JoJo, <laughs> Jr. <Good> Chabadu. <laughs> Oh yeah, and this time we're focusing on Giorno Giovanna, the bastard son of one Dio Brando.
2: Who wants to become a primo mafioso. I I, I prefer Gangstar more, but whatever. (laughs) Up in the mob in the Italian mafia with a gang of very good boys as they fight off against Stanusing Mafioso to uh, try and be to try and track down the boss of their organization, take him down, and put Giorno at the
1: top. And all while protecting uh, the boss's daughter, Trish Una, a.k.a. your new favorite Jojo girl. Mmm, yes. On <laughs> uh, like, I really, really love this season, you know, it's like, you know, my favorite Jojo part is part four, but honestly, after watching part five, uh, initially from the simulcast and on this Tsunami broadcast, it's definitely working its way up the rankings for me. Like, even though a lot of people say this is one of the weaker parts, I really enjoyed this.
2: Er, well... Well, here's the thing. Now that I finally watched all of... Because of, naturally I watched all of Part 5 before it came on Toonami, you know. And uh, yep. even now that I have... And even now knowing like what happens later in other JoJo parts, even I will still admit it still kind of ranks a little bit low for me in terms of like the overall JoJo canon. But even low-tier JoJo's... It's still spectacular Jojos. You got to It's still understand. good.
1: It's, it's like saying like it's like saying like oh there's no such thing as bad pizza because even when it's bad it's still pretty good. There's
2: no such thing as bad Jojos.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and again,
2: I love any fiction about gangs. Of course I would love an anime <laughs> about like just like flamboyantly dressed mafioso <laughs> fighting against other just gangsters and stuff.
1: It's so it's so much fun. And hey, what a gang of bros we have here. Like the this crew is like so much fun.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. I love I love the- I love all the members of Bucciarati's gang. Um, Guido Mista is probably going to be my favorite with my favorite stand of the series, Sex Pistol. Mm, just very strong, very strong. Very good enemies they're facing off against as well. I love uh, their first foes, La Squadra execution. Uh man, and they encounter some very badass threats as the series goes along.
1: Everything um, is very
2: strong, very strong.
1: Oh man, the La Squadra man—they're just—they're just a so much fun bunch of fucking weirdos. Is just it's just so entertaining, and I love some of their gimmicks, some of their stand powers, and everything, and just like how. It's just so much fun.
2: Can I also just say, like, that, like, the dub really stepped it up this time around as well? Oh, yes! I don't know why, but, like, for some reason, I am, I am like, finding myself enthralled far harder than, like, the part four dub. I don't know why. Maybe it's because the characters are so much more, like, angrier and are, like, <laughs> Like, they're all just gangsters, so they're all just, like, kind of bastards at a base level. So it means that you can get to, like, play around with dialogue a little bit more, since they're all, like, kind of, like, fun pricks.
1: <laughs> Man, is there some fun cursing and some fun lines in the series? Uh, like, my favorite thing to do while watching this and while i tweeting in it is, like, anytime there's, like, a really, really funny dub line, I would just quote it and just, like, that's the tweet. Just look at this piece of dialogue right here and look how amazing it is. I mean if I could if
2: I could like if I could ask a question of the crew sometime in the future at like a convention, I would want to ask them how did you come up with so many good insults and like cursings for the series?
1: I would love to meet the adapted script writer to this. And I and also I just wanna I want I would say I wanna shake his hand, but we don't do handshakes anymore, so I wanna like elbow bump him, but still I would just wanna like commend them for just doing such a bang up job with this script. It's like I would just want to ask him, how
2: did you come up with so many different ways to call another person a piece of shit?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, another thing I love is that how they slip in a lot of Italian here and there. You know, Italian. Inspired. Oh yeah, I would have
2: expected it. You know, just to like keep that flavor. in.
1: You know, calling someone like a bastardo or something like that.
2: Yeah, uh, another show, uh, Maria the Virgin Witch, which like takes place in France. They did. They did. They took. They took that same strategy of peppering in some French here and there. And I'm glad to see that same strategy applied to uh, Vento Oreo. Because, honestly, sometimes if you're just initially looking at the series, you wouldn't think it takes place in Italy. (laughs) Unless you're looking specifically at art architecture. Because nobody in the series looks like they would actually come from Italy. (laughs) 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 They all look like, they all dress like they come from a Prince video.
1: (laughs) That's why we love JoJo's, you know? Yeah, and also, funnily enough, journal stand gold experience named after a Prince album of the same name. Yeah,
2: precisely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a special note: very big uh, shout out to Kellen Goff, who uh, is doing a fine job so far as uh, the main baddie, Diavolo, really showing off his chops and his range. I'm really impressed. Oh man, him. he's spectacular! Oof, yeah, just everyone in the series doing an absolute spectacular job. Oh, just absolutely wonderful.
1: And also one thing I really love about at least this part is like, I don't know, maybe it's just me and because I've seen this probably more than some of the other parts since I've seen both the simulcast and the dub is that I feel this part tends to have the most like weird out of context moments than like other JoJo parts because that's like that's usually a thing with JoJo. We get to, like these weird moments that usually posted online in like 10 second clips. So I feel like part five tends to have more of that.
2: Mm, yeah, I can kind of understand that.
1: 'Cause you know, we have we have the torture dance, we have like Abacchio, Naranja Mista stomping a mud hole in some random dude. We have like Trish asking Butcherati, where she, can she use the bathroom. We have Naranja just like peeing in a stall saying, Hey guys, look at me <laughs> And there's even you more to come. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or we have like uh the the famous one, that is the taste of a liar, Jono Giovanna. <laughs>
2: <laughs> or like how does he say it in this one? Like Fuck! How does he say it? Like that is. I think it was like tang of a liar.
1: <laughs> yeah, something like a. Uh, oh, is-
2: you, you you had to use the word tang, didn't you?
1: <laughs> I think he also said like salty tang. Like oh wow, you,
2: you had to put that in my in my head, didn't you? <laughs> I felt
1: that. In, I felt that in my tongue. Oh, I can feel that look across my cheek that Jono felt. <laughs> yeah. I tasted that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
2: yeah. Good job. Good job, in general, to those localizers. Man, did a great job there.
1: Amazing job, Ed. Hopefully we'll get a part six anime sometime soon.
2: Sometime soon. Sometime we will. Someday we will reach that stone ocean.
1: And if that ever gets dubbed, please cast Kira Buckland as Jolene.
2: She she has been... She has been putting herself over as like the biggest Jolene Stan for years now. Please give it to her.
1: Please just give her
2: that role. Please, she, it's it, it's it's right. It is right.
1: She even has like the Joe Star tattoo on her left shoulder. You know how big of a fan she is from that. She she just reward her, please, please for her
2: standing. She deserves it so badly. Just give. It just i've never wanted to see somebody get a role so hard before please just grant
1: her wish please uh but uh after that we now have another returning season for toonami that being my hero academia season four ah, season four
0: Next Saturday, Tsunami's going to kick off your night with a bang. This world is a superhuman society, with about 80% of the population possessing some uncanny ability called a quirk. Heroes fight against villains who abuse their powers for evil. It's no surprise the heroes became our champions. My name is Izuku Midoriya, and I've always dreamed of being a hero. So I enrolled in the prestigious UA High School. My friends and I are working hard toward a shared goal. Facing every challenge that comes our way. And saving people with a smile. We're training to become the world's greatest heroes. This is... My Hero Academia. Get ready for the new season of My Hero Academia. Starting off the Toonami block next Saturday at 11pm. Only Toonami on Adult
1: Swim. Oh yeah, the currently... Currently airing on Tsunami, the the last few episodes have been kind of delayed due to the growing pandemic. Other than that, like this has been like a really, really solid season. I've been really loving season four. Oh yeah, because like with because
2: like with this, like they could just like slow things down. the, the whole conflict with the uh, uh, yakuza is over, you know, so you get some nice chill content uh, concerning a uh, school festival that is going on at UA High, along with a little bit of conflict with a gentleman thief and also uh some character development for uh the new number one hero as well
1: oh yeah and just uh i really love how like the second half of the season really like slow things down with like school festival stuff it's just like you know season three we had like all might retiring that season and this season we had all the things with overhaul and the yakuza and it's like man we really need a breather season here and what a perfect breather arc this is
2: yeah, and, it, like, in one in which a way, well, like, I thought I was kind of afraid that might have, like, hurt it a little bit or something because it was taking that time to slow down. But no, they actually managed quite well.
1: Yeah, and also, like, definitely having a good fight with uh, a good uh, action moment with, like, a fight between Deku and uh, the Gentleman Criminal.
2: Yeah, it makes for a good little bit of action in there. And then, uh, yeah, then kind of uh, afterwards, transitioning into uh, some even more into even more fights that uh, we haven't seen yet on Toonami, but uh, are on the way. Which are uh, sure to be a spectacle as well.
1: Oh yeah, and also uh, the big moment of like season four, second half is uh, the big school festival concert that One A puts on, and it's just it just just watching it brings a smile to my face because I read it in Work the manga. Because like uh, I read it in the manga, I finally got caught up with the manga, but uh, watching it animated, actually hearing the song, and just and then seeing like that big moment at the end just made me go. I I I love the series so much.
2: Yeah, <laughs> but man, uh, fine job, fine job here, fine job music. Like it's 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 honestly a big accomplishment, like music wise. I would say for this season, I was actually quite impressed.
1: And also, like uh, when we were talking about JoJo, we talked about uh, Kellen Goff playing uh, Boss Diavolo. Like uh, it's not the only uh, leader of a gang that he plays because he also played Overhaul this season and doing just as much of a good job here as he does in JoJo. Makes me almost ashamed, makes me almost
2: ashamed. Like, know that like he's not going to be coming back.
1: <laughs> yeah, at least as far as we know in the manga. Currently. Yeah, allegedly, as far as we know.
2: Yeah, as far as we know. But um, mm-hmm. you know, Diablo was a pretty good step up, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. Almost done on Toonami. Uh, it's just going to be a bit slower getting those episodes out, though.
1: Yep, uh, currently at the time of this recording, uh, the next uh, three weeks will just be a replay of episodes 84, 85, and 86. And then after that, they'll be able to do the final two episodes because, you know, everyone's got a dub at home right now. And it takes a a little bit longer because everyone's setup is different. And sound engineers have to work extra hard to make sure the sound sounds uh, all consistent from everyone's different recording studios and uh, conditions.
2: Yep, but again, we just got to remember to put people's safety first. And just you know, take things slow from now on.
1: Mm-hmm. And I do appreciate at the start of like at the start of the uh, record from home episodes, we have like a little message at the front saying that uh, all the all the dialogue in this episode was recorded at home because we. That's a nice know, detail. I like that a lot. I think yeah, that's you know, great. So yeah, that's a my here academia season four, and maybe won't be the last time you hear us talk about it. And...
2: Pay pay your respects to these hardworking people, folks. <laughs>
1: And uh, before we get to the next anime series, I want to talk about our next uh, total immersion event for Toonami. This year, it was The Forge.
2: We're caught in a tractor beam.
1: That seems like a bad sign.
2: There might be a host of untold dangers awaiting us on the space station. Right. Let's go blow some stuff up.
0: You think you can wield this power? You think you're better than us? you have any doubt about the order of things observe the forge starts saturday november 9th at 11 only tsunami on adult swim
2: oh
1: this was the
2: one i was waiting for this was oh the one God. i was waiting
1: for i was more hyped for this totally immersion event than i was for intruder 2 and i was really hyped for intruder 2 but this yes, one
2: yes. well what got me excited was that like was the fact that they were finally going to give Tom a new body, yeah. and that, that line, I was just like, that was the one thing that was waiting for so long because, like, they they've been, they've been keeping this
1: form for Tom for so long now. Finally, finally, thank you. Like he's been in this uh, Tom Five form ever since 2013. Yeah, it's been that long. <laughs> that long, man. And, like, sure, he had a little bit of some cosmetic changes, such as getting a new arm and also being a little bit more battle damaged from the other uh, Total Immersion events, but he's still been Tom 5. But no, we got, like, Tom 6 right now.
2: Yeah, we got a cool little event in which uh, Tom discovers that there's uh, many more uh, Toms out there like him. We get a little bit of uh, insight into his uh, possible origins. Edwin Embarks is a freeing of his brothers under a tyrannical fist. And though, unfortunately losing himself in the way, he finds himself yet again.
1: He now has commandeered the Forge, the big battleship run by uh, the captain, whom Tom calls Booger, as an insult. But now, nah, he's taken over the Forge, and now that'll be what is broadcasting to- tsunami from us going forward. Oh,
2: wonderful. Yeah, a lot of really good tension. Uh, quite, uh, like the writing a lot more compared to previous uh, uh, immersion events. Uh, yeah, this is uh, this is the big one I've been waiting for a long time. Yeah, probably, probably my favorite of the ones we've had
1: thus far, and also some of the best animation because, like, I believe this is the yeah, first- yeah really stepped up in the animation. They really yeah. did because I believe this is the first uh, totally immersion event that features a character that actually has uh mouth movements because every other character has always had like either no mouth or a very like static uh, facial expression. But no, we actually yeah, have like.
2: budget of Tsunami. It looked really good.
1: Yeah. And of course, uh, Booger there being played by uh, Bo Billingsley, so that's even more fun. Getting to see... Oh, to oh Bo- it's nice to hear him again. Getting to hear Bo Billingsley go back and forth with Tom, played by Steve Blum, so you get a bit of a uh, Spike and Jet feeling right there. Ah,
2: there's that love. <laughs> so, as far as the new Tom design goes for, though, I will say this. The only part I don't like is the visor.
1: Yeah, the visor's a little too big.
2: It looks... It looks a little bit too big. It looks like he, he. It's. It doesn't look like a cool expression. It looks kind of aloof, kind of A <laughs> little emotionless. But other than that, the body is fine. The body looks great.
1: Also, Tom's got some beef. Yeah, he's he's
2: sporting some beef now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's like very uh, fine
2: version uh, event. I I quite loved it.
1: Yeah, and I heard from Jason DeMarco on Twitter, he did say that I think uh, this will be kind of the last Totally Immersion event for quite some time now, but you know what? If this is the last one for a while, this is a perfect way to go out on. Yeah, this one was fine. It was
2: definitely fine. Good time to really change things up before everything went to hell.
1: <laughs> yeah, and at least we have like those moments at the beginning of every tsunami broadcast where we have Tom and Sarah just kind of throw some support to us saying like, hey, you know, we're all locked down, but hey, we're in this together.
2: Yeah, you'll, like, they're, they're still showing their support, uh, all of us are, you know, we will get through things.
1: And so we move on from uh, something good to something not good, with <laughs> our next anime series being Sword Art Online, War of Underworld.
0: Yuji lost his life. Hidetown is a shell of his former self. His Fluctlight's still active and receiving stimuli, so there's a chance his neural network can heal. In this moment, time. Kirito and Oh sacrificed everything for. Now that we're in the control room, we're exactly where we need to be to get this done. Whoever these people are, they know about Project Alicization. We have to retrieve Alice's fucklight before they do What do we gotta do to log in? Send me. I'll go. I found another account that we can access. Hell yeah. That guy's the king of the monster world. If the Dark Territory decides to attack us now, the human realm will fall for sure. Are you ready for this? Ready as I'll ever be. Fasten your seatbelts, gents. As the invasion begins, there's no telling how chaotic the underworld will get. Art online alicization, War of Underworld premieres next Saturday at midnight only to not be a swim.
2: I don't care. I don't care. Sorry. It's like, sure, I found stuff to say about, like, food wars, which I couldn't get into, you know, and I at least found the way to respect that, but it's like, I, I just... Unlike every anime we've talked about before, every other show, I do not give a fuck. I do not.
1: Bit I had planned for uh, the panel that was going to run by you is, uh, is like, I know neither of us gave a shit about this. So I was thinking like, okay, when we get to uh, Sword Art Online, I was thinking like, what we would have done was, I'd play the trailer, then I go to the Sword Art Online slide, sit there, arms folded, staring straight ahead, and just saying nothing for like a good 30 seconds to a minute, just being, and just maybe shake our heads, just going no. No. <laughs> just sit there, stone faced and just be like, just, a little bit, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, just no-sell it, and then afterwards I'll be like, okay, moving on. I'm just, I,
2: I, because one, I, I, one, I can't follow anything that is currently happening. I legit don't know what's going on anymore. <laughs> Or neither of. I- I've tried to track it, but like none of it makes sense to me. None of it sounds into, and like even when I try to make sense of it, it doesn't. What I make sense of doesn't sound interesting
1: at all. It's just like I don't care. Like I've pretty much given it it all reads like
2: generic as fuck fantasy to me. Like there's barely mm-hmm. even like any kind of like virtual reality like aspect to it anymore that I can even like attach myself to emotionally. It's like it's it's so far up its own ass in its own like terribly designed fantasy world. I'm just like yeah. this, this. series is lost on me. It's completely lost. It's down the rabbit hole, and I can't follow.
1: Is, like yeah. if we decided
2: to just not talk about, it, just completely ignore it in future tsunami panels, I would be okay with that. Yeah. Although thirty got- seconds of silence is also fine by me as well
1: yeah like maybe maybe i'll keep that in my back pocket for a a future future time
2: (laughs) (laughs) so no i'm just i'm just done with sword art i can't do it anymore i just can't Mm
1: -hmm. yeah so rather than talk about sword art let's move on to uh toonami's latest acquisition that being paranoia agent
0: do you remember anything else like the suspect's outfit or height (laughs) I was short. This is sixth grade, maybe. I heard you he wore short pants and a baseball cap.
1: I heard that he
2: smile when he down the back.
0: Residents in the area are now even more terrified. People around here seem to be talking about some little slugger with a baseball bat. But I don't believe a word of it. Time to go to school. There are many times that I feel like I don't know where I am. Who the hell are you? I am no one did you know you're utterly despised by your co-workers perhaps you're the one who really seems to need a doctor i'll never let you go no it's not true. somebody stop me shut up don't worry it's not your fault satoshi khan's classic paranoia agent premieres next
2: saturday at one only toonami on adult swim
1: Whoa. <laughs> oh, I, did not
2: think, I, mean, I did not think they were going to mind such a
1: good oldie bringing it back after it aired on Adult Swim back in I want to say 2005-2006
2: one that I barely knew anything about like even yeah. like a st- something I barely even registered in my mind because it's one that just doesn't come it's a classic that just doesn't come up enough even despite the fact that it is of such a high quality <laughs> oh man what a good one to bring back!
1: Oh my god! Like I've heard the hype. Like I got a taste of the hype when uh, Funimation announced that uh, they were have licensed a *Paranoid Agent* for streaming on their site, and everyone going like, "Oh man, if you haven't seen *Paranoid Agent*, watch it." And I'm just like, "Okay," you know. i have i a lot of hype from mostly the the older crowd, the uh, the anime boomers, as I call them. But uh, as soon as it came out in *Tsunami*, I'm just like, "Oh, this is my chance to actually watch it." And as soon as I watched that first episode, I was hooked. And then when we got to that second episode, I was Very more episode. hooked. Well, I
2: also, well, so much of it is just owed to uh, Satoshi Kon, you know, the, the mastermind behind the whole series. Because, dear God, he really was just a man ahead of his time in the kind of subject matter he covered. He
1: truly was. <laughs> he's truly a genius.
2: He, he, when, when I've heard him described as like the Alfred Hitchcock of anime, you, when you watch any of his works, you immediately understand that. I believe like, it. He, he is such a master of like the character the character study. He is such a master of people's psychology and like their fears and anxieties, and he just knows how to perfectly represent mm-hmm. that on screen using the medium of anime. And Paranoia Agent exemplifies so much of what he was skilled at
1: i love just how this series is just presented and how it feels you know it, it feels like in an anthology series like in alfred hitchcock's presents or like a twilight zone where you just see these character study, where you do these character studies of like these just people and how like how their viewpoints on society and or like how their like you know mental capabilities like really affect them and then ultimately coming to a head when they run into like run into the single character being a little slugger to just kind of like end off the episode and maybe like end their feelings end their suffering or whatever uh, it's it's so
2: so freaking strong and has really stood the test of time in many it's, regards
1: it's brilliant it's like i can't believe this was like made almost 15 years ago and it still holds up in 2020
2: I mean, like, even one aspect too, just looking back at how uh, so Satoshi Kon, even comparing this to a film like uh, Perfect Blue and how he was able to predict, predict to a T how the internet, a <laughs> 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 the internet would be a cesspool that completely degrades people's mental health. The guy was, The man was really ahead of his time in predicting where that would go. And he knew how to incorporate that like, so well into storytelling and character writing. He, God, he, he truly, he truly was taken away from us way too soon.
1: Gone too soon. It's like, man, I would love to see, like, what he could do today.
2: He would have put out some true masterpieces if he yeah. could have seen the world that he had predicted.
1: God, it was just, oh my God, He's, he is truly a legend makes me really want to dive deeper into like his filmography you know I really want to watch stuff like Tokyo Godfathers and Perfect Blue because the only other thing I've seen of him was uh, Paprika
2: right right yeah definitely dive into his other works they're pretty fantastic like I've watched a good chunk of his works already man Uh, Paranoid Agent it hits all hits all those right points I have not experienced from Satoshi Kone in so long and God, what a classic to bring back for Tsunami.
1: Just unbelievable. And just, I I can't wait to see how more and more screwed up these characters get as the series goes on.
2: Yeah, I, I am too, man.
1: And so that ends at least the newer stuff for Toonami, but we still have some uh, future stuff uh, down the line, such as uh, Jinji Ito's Uzumaki, as well as uh, Blade Runner.
2: Yeah, those those are actually, yeah, I I was actually surprised when I found out that those are actually still chugging along in production during this pandemic. That actually surprised me quite a bit.
1: Yeah, Jason Marco went on Twitter saying, like, yep, yeah, production's still going fine. They haven't reached any delays just yet. But, uh, you know, it's I'm glad to hear that everything's still going fine with those uh, productions, as well as some of the other shows that Toonami has planned. Because uh, Jason Marco did say that they have six shows in production, including uh, Uzumaki and Blade Runner. So I'm looking forward to seeing what those other four are. Ooh,
2: yeah, I cannot wait. Cannot wait.
1: Mm-hmm. But uh, speaking of, like, future uh, programs for Toonami, I think we can take this time to, like, at least uh, give a bit of our uh, predictions or hopes for the future of Toonami. You know, what do we want to see in the future? And I'll uh, I'll let you go first. Any uh, shows you want to see come down the pipe for Toonami? Oh,
2: not had a lot of time to think about this. Uh, well, well, actually, there is one that would fit extremely well on Toonami. But they would have to, or mm, well, maybe two. Uh, but they would have to negotiate with Netflix a bit, oh. <laughs> and they would have to contest with Netflix. And those are B Stars and Dorohedro.
1: Oh
2: yes, Dorhedro more than B Stars though, because B Stars does have kind of a bit of like the a bit of like a romantic edge to it with some fighting. Mm-hmm. So it's like it could maybe work. But I watch a series like Dora and I think, oh, oh, that'll be a fucking home on Toonami.
1: I've seen screenshots of that and I'm just like, yeah, this would be perfect for Toonami. Although, like- well, <laughs> there
2: is maybe one aspect that would maybe get it behind a little bit and that's that there's not really any like inspiring messages <laughs> <laughs> <by Dorohedro. laughs> Like the main, the core message of Dora... Okay, there's a good friendship at its center but the main message of Dora is just that the world is fucked so let's just like play around with it
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: like that story Hydro. it's like everything is awful but hey let's have some fun in it
1: <laughs>
2: like everything's awful but life goes on mm-hmm. but that being said i i could legit see i i could technically see Dorhidro on toonami there is enough good action in that series to support it on there
1: so yeah i can definitely see that too uh for, I have a, a bit of a list of shows that I would like to see on Toonami. And the way I went into this, uh, making this list, is I kind of took uh, the current situation in mind, thinking, like, okay, we're probably not going to see any like uh, current dubs or simul dubs on Toonami because it's a little more difficult to like dub and broadcast week to it, week than it is uh, before the pandemic. Went in thinking, like, okay, what are some shows that are already done, already completed that Toonami could realistically get? And I kind of have a bunch here. So uh, first couple I have, I know you're probably not gonna like this, but I would totally say ReZero and Konosuba for Tsunami. Uh. <laughs> and I get, actually get some good Isakai on this block for once. Fuck you. <laughs> it could happen. Fuck off. But uh some other shows I have that uh that it could also work for Tsunami is uh bit of an bit of an action, bit of a comedy, bit of, more of a comedy but with some action in it. And that is kind of relevant to this day. Uh cells at work, I can totally see working for Toonami, because it just has that right amount of action, but it's still mostly very much a comedy. And we have seen comedy does work on Toonami.
2: Yeah, that's reasonable. I could I could definitely see Cells.
1: And also uh digging deeper into the uh into the playbook here, I was also thinking they can bring in stuff like uh say Blood Blockade, Battlefront, or even uh Psycho Pass, since those are good action shows that have already completed dubs.
2: Yeah, those those would actually be pretty good.
1: And to dig even deeper into shows that have aired on Adult Swim in the past, and that could air currently in today, you know, kind of ke- keeping in the trend with uh, Paranoia Agent, is I have uh, Durarara and Trigun. Hmm,
2: okay, not too bad. I, feel I like... would go with Trigun more with Durarara, but yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, could, I especially, especially Trigun. I feel like that could work, because, you know... I, I love whenever Toonami gets like these old classics, you know, like currently with Paranoia Agent or like a couple years ago when they brought in Outlaw Star.
2: Right, right. Actually, one one I would put forward, but I'm not putting up any hopes for because of partly because of the pandemic and also because of like how hard it's been to dub anything of it, like relating to it. But I would really love to see a dub of Kaiji.
1: Oh, man, that would be so I, good. I think
2: Kaiji would actually work well on Toonami.
1: But yeah, those are. Those are just some of the shows we have, and uh, usually if we did this panel, we would ha- we would take this time to ask the audience, but since there is no audience, uh, uh, just uh, send us a message, you listening out there. What do- would you like to see on Toonami, and we'll maybe read it and maybe retweet it or whatever. Yeah, we'd love to hear any
2: comments about what you would like to hear in the future.
1: Thanks for listening. I've been your host, Mikey, and you can find me at my social medias so at Shota on Twitter, MikeyShota.tumblr.com, and MikeyShota on Instagram, and where can we find you, Ryan? You can
2: find me at WolfishGrin on Twitter and WolfishGrin on Tumblr. And just recently, I've also been uh, using Discord a little bit more as well. So look around for me on there. We I noticed we especially now have an Anime Bebe server, so we're off to a good start there.
1: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, follow that Anime Bebe server. And we also follow the show on Twitter at Anime underscore bay bay. That's Anime underscore B-A-Y. B-A-Y and subscribe, follow, rate us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, or any predictions for a tsunami in the future, send them to animebaybaypod at gmail.com. That's animebaybaypod at gmail.com. And on our next episode, we will begin our Summer Up series. We've been teasing it and teasing it for a while now, and I've said, oftentimes, you know, you'll know what we'll, what we'll be covering, but I'm ready to pull that trigger. And my finger is firmly on the trigger, and said trigger is ready to be pulled. But that's all I'll say for now. But stay tuned for that formal announcement. Till then, stay safe out there, wash your hands, wear a mask, stay home when you're told to, and when you go outside and make sure to practice good social distancing, we'll get through this together.
2: Yes, please don't be dumb. That's all I'll say.
1: Don't be an asshole. Thanks again for listening, and this has been
2: Anime, Anime Baby! baby.
0: and some days nothing's gonna go your way but you can't let that break you down you can't let that change who you are i'm a lot of things but i'm not a quitter when it comes to my dreams nobody puts dandy in a corner you're gonna have to dig deep and find that extra positivity to keep the grind from grinding you i may not be as talented as the rest but nobody has more guts that's staying positive when everything seems against you. No matter how nasty this place may be, you and me are going to fight our way through it. Or being positive and helping somebody else out. There's a great power inside you just waiting to be unlocked. Believe in your ability. There's one thing I'm sure of. Positivity will be your light in the darkness. You can do it, Goku!
2: Now, let's get back out there and keep fighting the fight. I am not about to give up!